games. Ah. Yep, we're going. Ah. <laughs> I'm a cacodemon. Well, that was recorded. I'm really glad that it was. I'm a cacodemon. <laughs> Call your hair. Call your hair. <laughs> I got fire now, in now my look, mouth. Now look, Midge, I'm a, I'm a cacodemon. I have a big eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but cacodemon in this pre-roll. Yeah! <laughs> I mean, you know that's true. Is it 179? It is. Because next week's episode 180. Let's fucking get this shit going. I hope it's the fiver next week. The yeah. fiver. We're trying to get, yeah, trying to get all five. That'll week. be fun. Yeah. That'll be really fun. Nick Brecken be... better fucking come through. Yes, it's been like two months, three months. He I said pencil in me in. That's written in blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in blood on stone. Scrawled on a wall. Alien isolation. <laughs> Talk about that later. Yes. There's yes, blood on yes. walls in that? Oh, Don't. yeah. Stop. Sorry. I shouldn't have said <laughs> It's October 8th, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 179. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Danielle Riendo. Hey. Hey, guys. Yo. Oh, hi, hi, Chris. Hi. Hey. Hi. Hello. So I woke up early this morning to play Alien Isolation before work. Oh, because Man, I'm just Good jumping idea. straight into it, I guess. Let's do it. <laughs> no yeah. waffling here. I thought there was um, going to be a story there. Like, so I woke up early this morning uh, oh, to no. play a video <laughs> game and I played it. <laughs> nope. <that> was, <laughs> I did a thing that I rarely do. I often intend... Because I have so, I feel it feels like I have so little time to play video games in my life that I have to really go out of my way. And so I really tried this morning. And usually when I say I'm going to do that, I don't do it. And today I did. I played like an hour of it, which is not great. But I know that Danielle, you've played a lot more of it, so I'm okay with introducing it, having only played an hour. Um, and actually, I guess. So what the, did you think about the alien? Well, the I, I guess <laughs> the actual bigger takeaway for me. Is, specifically and this is not inherent to alien isolation but this was the most recent game i played after having played like two hours of shadow of mordor oh and okay. they they just couldn't within the realm of like big 3d AAA games they could not be further apart yeah tonally and atmospherically and mechanically and every way setting they're just they're so different it's one sci-fi game one's a fantasy game <laughs> one's third person one's first person <laughs> no but one has aliens one has orcs much more <laughs> much more fundamentally than that I know. mordor it's it's weird because you lord of the rings at this point everyone's sort of visual conception of it is the peter jackson movies and those movies have huge big gratuitous battle scenes and all that shit but then they also have like they also have doe-eyed little men saying can't they Gandalf and like you know <laughs> yes so they that exists this game is n- not even which alien no Mordor, Mordor Shadow Mordor. of Mordor 
is just balls to the wall, fucking orc slicing. Just me- this game should just have orc like slicing. I feel like Best. this when I think about this game, my recollection of playing this game, it has like like a heavy metal soundtrack on it. It, I mean, the game doesn't, but I, when I think of what it is, I think but of your replay. You think of will. brutal legend. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of like the the like British death metal albums that had artwork that were inspired by Tolkien, but then those albums are just 40 minutes of just Wasn't sonic Wasn't like cacophony. all the early yes. uh, Dragon Age marketing was like that? Yeah. Oh, totally. It had, it had like it Marilyn like, Manson and stuff. Yeah, that's right. It was Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Stuff. Um, and when I think about my experience, because they try to, the cutscenes, they want to make them sort of poignant and, you know, it's like, oh, this man and like his wife died, I guess. And oh, how sad he is. And now he's a wraith. And isn't that, isn't that just tragic it's very for him touching. Yes. Um, but it's like it's not at all like yeah. the actual re- story of this game is like now you're a fucking ghost and you get to take the shit out of every orc in the world and you kill them again and again and you keep killing the same ones and they remember who you are because you killed them so hard and <laughs> and it just is that forever just forever um you know and there's like you pick flowers to make your health better but but i mean fundamentally everywhere you go there are just orcs who hate you and you murder them constantly it's it's so weird because it doesn't there's a really great sorry i said i was going to talk about alien isolation but <laughs> no, most cool. of my fucking fake out <laughs> yeah i know most of my experience of playing alien isolation was experiencing the whiplash from from just having played shadow of mordor like nine hours earlier uh and then playing this um but the there was a really great um reflection on shadow of mordor by uh, do you guys know Carolyn Pettit? She was formerly of GameSpot. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, She's and, a great, great writer. Yeah, she is yeah. a great writer. And she wrote, I think, a really good blog post just on her Tumblr about Shadow of Mordor, uh, which was about a number of things, including just the completely unimaginative and kind of ridiculous portrayal of women, which is like a, to- a totally valid observation. But the the other observation I made that I thought was even more specific to this game. Um, you made did I say I? I meant, I meant she. That's yeah. Okay. okay. Sorry. I the reason I say I is but the even better was, observation. You agree with her? Yeah. <laughs> no, because because she really summed up something that I had sort of felt but had not crystallized into words as well as she did, um, which is that the Lord of the Rings originally. So she, like I, is not a particularly big Lord of the Rings fan, but I but I understand a basic component of the story of the Lord of the Rings, which is that power is corrupting and we should be fearful of the transformative effects that great power has on us because they are seductive and, uh, and, uh, twisting and corrupting and like, and, and dangerous and so on. And, and that, I mean, that's a very, very clear, obvious message of those stories. And and she points out that in this game, they use that exact, like, you you get sort of you die and then you get kind of brought back to life sort of by this wraith character who has the power of one of the great rings from the Lord of the Rings, um, and he you gain access to that power through him who I guess also had a family who died so you're like yeah. stoic men linked in, yes. in the forged in the fires of dead families with access to this crazy ring power. That you use to just endlessly, endlessly be a total badass who murders orcs all the time, and but it's one hundred percent. You're supposed awesome. to then fall in in Lord of the Rings uh, yeah. mythology, right? That <laughs> right. ends 
atrociously for you, guaranteed. Right. But but I mean, this game, it's just the, mechanically, all you ever do is just be amazing. I'm going to focus on that part when you first get the ring. Right. And you're sick. Yeah. And I, so I haven't, <laughs> I haven't finished the game, but she did finish the game. And so I trust her evaluation that that, that is not really ever, you know, paid not off. Really you're addressed. not saying there's a twist yeah. where you become Sauron. Right. Yeah. Um, well, the, they, well, she if said only. at the end of the game, there's kind of like a ramp up and it's, it's sort of set up such that they could make a sequel of more exploits of sort of orc <laughs> slaying ring power. You know, I mean, it sounds like the way that they wrap it up is, is not like subverting this. Right. A question mark fades up on the end. Um, and so, and that, it was, a, it's a, all, all this to say that doesn't make the, what they have chosen to do with the game bad but it does make it feel like kind of a pointless adaptation, right? Like I, all of this is uh, the actual playing the game Shadow of Mordor is actually really entertaining, I think. Um, and I, I really I like that a developer. Uh, this was Monolith, the developer who that I like a lot. You know, we talked about this last week. I like Monolith a lot, um, and I really respect that they took a game that could have just been very rote. In, in its gameplay execution. Um, and, and they didn't do that. They, they actually made it this kind of interesting ecosystem full of these orc leaders who have their own traits and strengths and weaknesses. And you find them on a map and there's sort of this Assassin's Creed like map unlocking. Um, and this whole world is all contiguous and uh, they will, the orcs will remember the ways in which you wounded them. Um, and you get those, that great, those great moments that you only can get in games where systems are interacting robustly, my favorite moment that I had when I was playing was I tracked down this orc that I was chasing, and instead of running in and slashing around with my sword, which is what I'd mainly been doing, I stood up on a ridge and I fired, you know, like six arrows into his head, and he started fleeing at a certain point because I'd wounded, wounded him enough and I wasn't there to, like, finish him off, and I ran out of my arrow stuff, which you have to recharge by, like, sucking energy out of orcs with your ring hand whatever your ring power yeah and yeah. uh your ring probably i don't know if you i don't think you actually have a ring i think it's like oh. this wraith character who helps you once like when he was alive had this power and like now you can i don't know He's it doesn't matter it on the story you, yeah. is you like power not ring yes not compelling like yeah. I, you know it's yeah. just not yeah but um uh anyway so this guy turns to flee and like as he's fleeing he distracts these two like big beast monsters that the orcs ride on and they turn on him and chase him as he's fleeing and then they kill him and i like i was so fascinated by this and i and because it came out of nowhere like i i was just fighting this guy with arrows and there were other orcs kind of swarming around in this battle with these other creatures and then as he turns to flee like that affects the other orcs who then themselves get demoralized which disrupts the battle between those monsters they were having which then go after the main guy and they just bat him around for a while. And it, you can, you just, as I watch this happening from a vantage point, like it's just great because he, you know, he gets up and tries to run another direction. And then one of them headbutts him to the side. And now he's closer to the other one who then attacks him. And like, you know, it took like three minutes for this to finish playing out. And you just silently watched it happen. Of I, course. Well, cause, this, awesome, yeah. cause they kept moving forward. Cause he kept trying to run away and then he'd get a little farther. And then one of them would knock him over again. So I was just following like 30 paces behind. Right. I was just like going, <laughs> creeping from rock to rock, like a gape watching this happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't plan or expect this at all. It was like an amazing moment. Um, so that kind of thing is really, really cool. Uh, 
you know, it just, it feels like it's situated, but, and there's just, there's a strange dissonant thing, not dissonant, but like things that I find unappealing. Like the fact that your character and this Wraith guy, both Carolyn mentioned this as well. And this was also something that when I started playing immediately jumped out at me. And I don't remember if this is what it was like in the movies or not. I don't really remember what the orcs were like in the films, but in this world, in this game, um, your character and your wife and everyone who's like you speaks in this very proper English accent, this very kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the orcs generally have lower... Yeah, like, the orcs just say... Cockney, kind of, yeah. But, Is that weird? Did anyone comment on that? In the, was that how the movies were? It was. It was how the movies were, but it's strange also because this movie, or this game is not based on the film license. This game is a... It seems like it's not. Even though I, it's obviously supposed to evoke the movies, yeah, it's, it's, it's clearly not it's actually not. based on It's a direct license yeah. from, the, from the books. Right, right. In any case, that... But it, they kept... Which... which even further doesn't justify making the making a right. question. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing that's especially weird about it, to me anyway, like this is the thing that struck me as just strange. And maybe this is just how Lord of the Rings is. And I don't know enough about Lord of the Rings to know this is just how it is. But it's weird to me that the orcs, as far as I can tell, have complete mastery of spoken language, have a society system, like have social roles and jobs and like leaders and language and structures that they build like they they are a society Mm -hmm. but you just murder them constantly and like your wraith guy tells you like they're just evil you just have to murder them they have to all die like it's what is that supposed to mean like the books are all like they're still just the villain race in the books but they're it's implied more that they're like largely conscripted troops by the enemy and they don't naturally live in this part of the world. And also there's some like aggressive, like breeding or something that takes place. Like there's all, yeah, that's, that's also, that's in the movies a bit too. Yeah. But they they just like get sliced out of like weird goo packets. Yeah. Basically there's, there's some weird racism in the books in general, like in, in the kind of the world in general, you know, in terms of like, this race is a good race and this race is a bad race. Yeah. And it, there's definitely some weird, like real life racial overtones to it. Well, too. like the dark Easterners show exactly. up and like riding elephants. Yeah. yeah but, uh, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. So I don't remember that. I don't remember gross. it well enough because I haven't yeah. read these it books since I was a kid. It all kind of exists on the fringes, but like orcs are not written to talk like just uneducated idiots in the books necessarily it feels like they're just written like a band of sort of soldiery people i mean i understand the concept of two sides being in opposition and you not caring about the subtleties of a society when you're fighting in a war that makes sense but what's weird about this is that you are positioned as this just like lone vigilante who just goes out of his way to just massacre infinite or that's the thing that feels weird about it not like i totally get okay, there's two sides in a war and there's a battle and, like, we need to, like, attack this. That doesn't feel hugely out of place for Lord of the Rings, but that character would not ever be the protagonist of a story in that universe, I don't think, except in a video game. Yeah. Like, I could see them coming across a super happy guy who's just excited about running around and chopping off heads. Right. Because he exists (laughs) in all fantasy war stories. Yeah, yeah. But... Um, This is just weird because this guy is portrayed as such, like, an honorable, kind of admirable person. Um... I don't know. It's just strange. It it the it it feels, I guess, unsurprisingly, very much like how it feels to play Batman in Arkham Asylum in Arkham City, because the the a lot of the combat model is like directly um, 
it's all of that same sort of inspired by that context aware stuff. Yeah. There, I mean, yeah, you have, you have different actions, you have parry and, and attack and you have your bow and you have, you, you know, grab, grab and so on. But the whole thing feels very much like Batman where your character will sort of snap to the nearest enemy. Right. You know, so you can kind of just quickly pinball between yeah. different enemies the exact same way you do in Batman. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, you know, the, it's also the power dynamic is stacked the way it is in Batman where you're just a lot more durable and you can be pretty sloppy and you'll just kind of bounce around and mainly be okay as long as you parry sometimes. It's, it just feels – which isn't – it's not terrible. It's just, just how it feels. It's just similar. I'm only saying it so that people who have played Batman understand what it feels like. But it reminds me of a component of those games which I remember feeling when I played those, which was, man, Batman just – just knocks the shit out of a lot of these guys because Batman is supposed to never kill anyone. But it's like I did things to people in they Arkham died. Asylum. Yes. They would be dead. They would be dead as dead. Yes. Like there's no way for those guys not to be dead. And I guess the fiction is conceivably like Batman is such an expert that he knows exactly how to throw the guy so that he doesn't shatter his <laughs> brain when he. But I mean, you know, he, he these was, guys are dead. Yeah. They're dead men. Um, and that always struck me as really weird that in a in a Batman story. You are just this utter, just agent of death, you know, like to, to a, in a way that like, if you were telling the villains story in either Lord of the Rings or Batman, you like the character you play in these games, that would just be a story that the good guys tell about a bad guy. They're like this, this, here's a serial killer. Yeah. This like unredeemable force of evil who murders (laughs) all on, you know, without a moment's hesitation. Like, that's just the bad guy in those worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with Batman, you can tell that they did all that stuff so that the actual pacing of those fights feels like the pacing of a Batman encounter with hoodlums reads on the page in a comic book, regardless of the outcome. But obviously in a video game, the outcome is then is Is is, visible, is present. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You can gloss over it a lot more in a comic book where now it's just out of frame or something. Yeah. And also you, you... the, the sheer number of enemies you have to dispatch with in a game like this just dwarfs that of any other thing. Right. Um, anyway, I don't, I don't mean to just completely crap all over Shadow of Mordor. I really don't because I, a lot of the things that they actually achieve in the game, I think, are quite impressive, and I, I do give them a lot of credit for doing something completely outside of the norm for the kind of job that. A developer, like a developer, given this contract, this is this is a more impressive goal, and like you know, execution of that goal, gameplay wise, than I would than I would expect, and that's cool. And that's cool. Like our, uh, Assassin's Creed slash Batman, but Lord of the Rings, <laughs> which is but I, it's got to be where the but you know the pitch came well, down. Oh, maybe the internal pitch. Yeah, but that's not what they were given by the publisher. I bet. Probably. That's way too specific. We have Lord of the Rings do a thing. Well, I I mean, they probably (laughs) said, give us some pitches. Yeah. Um, And then they did. Uh, But, well, I don't, I mean, I don't know what happened. In any case, I don't, I don't associate movie licensed (laughs) games, like movie licensed action games. This is an adaptation of literature, Chris. Oh, true. Sorry. (laughs) It's a literary adaptation. For all intents and purposes, it's a movie license. (laughs) In terms of like the, the cultural capital that it is banking on. Yeah. Video game fans. It exists in a world where movies. massively successful Lord of the Rings movies came out within the last decade. Or whenever. Maybe it was more than a decade ago, however long it was. Massively successful ones may not have come out within the last decade. They did. It was within <laughs> yeah, the last that's decade. probably true. But highly suspicious ones came out within the last half decade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and year, frankly. Yeah, and so. coming soon. Yeah, and you, coming have, soon. Have you played any more of this game? 
I've played a bit, and yeah. I, you know, I largely sort of agree with what you're saying. Like for me, the disconnect between the story and the actions in the world is just feels like this is what AAA gaming is now. Oh yeah, that, stories yeah. that are about you know someone who is supposedly more sensitive and more you know cares right. about their family and and you know the the. It ties into the sort of datification stuff that was going on a year or two sure, ago with, you sure. know, Elizabeth and in Bioshock right. Infinite and, right. you know, Ellie and um, The Last of Us. And sort of yeah. the protagonist being this, like, kind of like every man, white man. And it, mm-hmm. he has a, a daughter figure to protect, you know, that sort of thing. Like, there, it just seems to me oh, this is this is all in keeping with that sort of theme of, like, mm-hmm. the, the more sensitive man who also happens to murder 600,000 right. yeah. of, you know, no, whatever you're fighting yeah. in that given No one game. that well-adjusted is also this guy. Exactly. Like, you gotta be <laughs> exactly. one of them, maybe, but probably not both. I mean, I think The Last of Us probably did a better job of that, the, you know, expressing no, I, I, that this person is so. actually a psycho, you yeah, know, yeah. or became I, one I because so. of surviving that, that Well, world. The Last of Us also, like, constantly pays off the relationship whereas in this yeah. game this guy's dead family only ever exists as his dead family like right. they, exist, they were just fringe, they exist in the basically. introduction to the thing and then that i mean that's it then that's their forever that's his motivation just his motivation and that's it. yeah which which always kind of sucks like I, i'm not a big fan of that trope no no nor am i uh, i mean last of us they at least like they owned it like, yeah they the owned whole, it the whole and- game is that and then the DLC really kind of made good on the fact sure, that the, yeah. the woman character is actually really great and mm-hmm. cool and, you know, awesome in her own light and all that. Um, but yeah, I, I like the gameplay, though. Yeah, like you're I saying, know, like fun, I'm enjoying right? it and I'm yeah. enjoying the world. And, you know, I've actually been having a lot of fun just with sort of the orc personalities or the orc high or whatever they're called. I know there's like a difference in Lord of the Rings lore of the, the higher up orcs or the uruk high and then the lower orcs or sure. orc, whatever it is. I'm not an expert. On this lore, by any means, but the, sort of there's there's just the weird personality. Not an expert on this loric high. Yeah, uh, this loric high. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I continue. Sorry, I yeah. farted. That was excellent. <laughs> that was an excellent microphone fart. Jake's mixing up the classic yeah, fart sound. I'm loving it. The helium fart. Yeah, it's good. You know. The human fart. The helium, the helium fart. fart. Oh, the the high pitched. Yeah. 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 The my escaping. Sis- my sister farts. once made a classification system when she was about eight of different kinds of farts. Oh, that's the, and <laughs> so that's the helium fart. Just wanted you to know. Yeah, that was the the helium fart right there. I'm really glad I, I put that bit of lore. See, that's Danielle lore. That's, you know, that's <laughs> we've true. got Lord we of the Rings got a, lore. We just got a lore then, dump, if yeah, you will. You're just go- <laughs> oh, excellent. Oh, that's really good. Sorry. Anyway, so I'm, I'm really, I'm really having a lot of fun with the orcs and their their kind of weird personalities and and like the way they look and the way they act on the battlefield and sort of the different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the verbs in this game are all about killing things, but but the ways that you have to use different sort of verbs to kill them. Like this one, he's weak to mount, so you have to you know kill him right. in a certain in a specific yeah, yeah, yeah. way. Things like that. I, cool I like they're like mixing it up. This one will die to a single ranged headshot. Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Where it's like okay, that actually like. That kind of thing is really nice in a game like this because often you'll fall back on just using the path of least resistance, which in this sure. game is like run in and just mash A forever or whatever <laughs> yeah, the button the Batman, is. They make yeah. you actually mix up your techniques Yeah, they sometimes. don't make you, but they, they kind of softly remind you like this guy you could take out this way. And then by extension, don't forget you have this tool. And that kind of thing is cool, right? Like yeah. I, I like things like that because it's directly tied in to the actual core systems of the game. Like these are randomly generated strengths and weaknesses but it also kind of is a reminder to you know make use of your whole tool set yeah i I really dig sort of the gameplay i just sort of wish the uh the world and the you know 
the story yeah, very, actually fit into that like hey how about you're dire. just a, a <laughs> crazy psychotic killer like that's yeah fine. it made me it made me <laughs> wish that there was a game that was like it makes me want to play a game like this that is not as dark and dismal as either this or the batman game yeah that is structured like shadow of mordor but it, this is such a shitty go-to that everyone brings up all the time when anyone ever talks about stylized games, but like something in like the TF2 universe sure. or something would yeah, be yeah. perfect for this, for this gameplay That'd be fun. because it's yeah. so like self, it's so tongue in cheekly gratuitous in a way that Lord of the Rings is not like right. Lord of the Rings is so sincere and like, you know, gravel voiced, you know, and it's just not how this gameplay is at all. Honor bound me. and noble. Yeah. Blah, Valve blah. conscripts monolith to make a game where you choose one of nine characters to play in, but it's the sequel to the man versus machine co-op thing, but it's just the <laughs> robot is fucking oh, out of control. Just, there's a huge world. So and just like one yeah. guy must stand alone against a million wacky fucking robots. Oh, God, great. that would be so good. Yeah. With their crazy robot lords. Yeah. With the huge <sighs> tanks and giant versions of guys and stuff. Yeah. That would be cool. Oh, I would play that. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> Team Fortress 2 Rise of the Machines. Yeah. That would be really that but would be really fun. It, that would yeah. be awesome. Okay. That's fine. No, it's What? Good. Do you disagree that that would no, be No, as long as all of your hats poured over, it's fine. <laughs> as long as that happens, it's As okay. long as your hats poured over and are randomly persistently worn <laughs> by, by the robots in the game. <laughs> Full hat integration. Yeah. And they would be introduced with the, like, zoom in, like... You know, but then you would see them in the hat. It would have their actual hat from your collection, (laughs) right? And it would. Your actual objective is to get your hat collection back. Oh Oh, man, that would be perfect for that world too. (laughs) Yeah, because the leaders of all these different stupid robot groups have, uh, yeah, have stolen your shit. It's just like the plot of Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country. Is it? They stole the bananas. They did steal those bananas. Oh, it's just like the plot of Kangaroo Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I guess in that he steals the stuff. I guess it's a different situation. Mm It's the other side. Yeah. That's the orcs version. Yes. Kangaroo Jack is, <laughs> is like an interesting retelling of Team Fortress 2 Rise of the Machines Shadow of Mordor. From told country. from the other perspective. <laughs> from the other, Shadow of Mordor. You've country. played these five games. Now play now the other imagine. side. Now watch Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I would. <laughs> Just saying. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Now I really want this this fictional game that will never exist because Valve will obviously never make this. Team Fortress Two: Colon Shadows of Mordor or Shadow? Yeah. Single. Single Shadow. There's only one Shadow. Shadow of the Machines. <laughs> Rise of the Shadow. You know what would be machines. a funny thing is if more if if Monolith did the weird thing where they um, take the subtitle of the game and then spin that out into their own kind of weird spinoff oh, so if there's franchise. blank shadow of blank forever yeah, right the way total war started as as right i think or what how, shogun total war was um, the first one and then like the board game risk legacy yeah exactly there's now, now um, rob uh rob davio rob but he was working with the guys who made pandemic so pandemic legacy exists right. now oh, exactly but then he's also oh, yeah. making seafall a legacy game so legacy yeah. so shadow of is the new thing that just means it's a, a this kind of this. large yeah. pseudo open world um we kind of player ability persistent based enemy. persistent enemy yeah action game that would be great that would be really fun that's fine i mean if you know put a cool theme and the art style on it no one lives forever shadow of oh something. my god shadow of harm yes <laughs> harm being the evil organization's yeah. acronym in that oh, game i would play the shit out of that i don't think that game would make <laughs> I don't think that game would, would a million <laughs> people well they tried to make they they made a game called um no one lives forever contract jack that was their attempt to make a f- sort of 
action first person shooter game and it was not it was not good and no one remembers it so i guess it did so that i guess maybe it's maybe not not suited to that not gonna work still anything anything no one lives forever i would just god i would what i would do for i know right? a new good game and were they hinting series? at a return i feel like they were yeah, yeah. It, the, i think the this problem summer, was they like... could never figure out who owned it was one of those weird yeah. things where it was like owned by three different companies and they couldn't figure out which parts of the rights resided with sure with who it was something yeah, yeah. i don't remember the details but it was something complicated yeah. like that Ugh. So, uh, Alien Isolation. So, yeah, that so that was all the things you were thinking that about. That was all going through my head. Right? <laughs> I love Alien Isolation, and it's just so quiet and sterile. Not really sterile, because it's shit is busted up. and, and, and It's not sterile, because shit is busted. But it's it's sterile compared busted to, sterile. you know, like, the design of the world is sterile, even if yeah. now it's... Even if someone left now up, like, fucked up. fast food wrapper around. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. And it's quiet most of the time. You know, you're, you're most of the time the only character around... It's first person, so it's inherently more isolating. It just feels completely different from Mordor in almost every way. It feels, I was going to say, it feels actually very, very true to the fiction, to the alien world, basically. Something, sometimes too much so. You think so? Yeah. Well, and just in how directly it's like, sure. hello, Ripley, daughter of Ripley. I mean, they don't say that, <laughs> but that's like how... Like, now, that sounds like a Lord of the Rings thing, like, yeah, Ripley, daughter of Ripley. Because, well, like, you, you're, you meet your, like, in, sort of... You know, the obvious android guy. The company robot. Company yeah. robot guy who calls you Ripley and you're like, Ripley? And then it then he's like, we think we found your mother. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, yes. it's a little, little it's bit much. It's on the nose for, for sure. Sometimes. There's, but there's no question. Yeah. I guess, I, you know, it's fine. I, I don't know. It's not actually a problem. Yeah. But the setting feels like it's more just Yeah, present. yeah, yeah. Yes, it does. The, I mean, the setting feel Yes. They they made an adaptation where they did the total opposite. The, with Mordor, you you get the sense they're like, all right, we have this crazy world with like a million books and movies and all this shit. Like, let's just put it. We have this crazy idea for an action game. Let's put it inside that. I don't know if that's how it actually happened, but you know, you you get the feeling right. it could have been. Whereas Alien Isolation is like we're making a Alien game, like the first movie Alien. That we're making that. Yeah, that's what we're making. Uh, you know, just a totally different. It's a totally different attitude to adaptation. Yeah, I mean, I so I was so excited to play this game. I I streamed it for about three hours last night, and oh, I nice. was I was actually doing the thing that a child does on like Christmas Eve, like jumping up and down in place while it was like <laughs> the the countdown was happening because I was that excited about this game. Yeah, I, like this in Costume Quest, which I know are the most opposite things ever, but are sort of like my most anticipated games of like all this year, probably next year. Just did, for the foreseeable did your, future. Did your excitement persist through those three hours? It did. Nice. I mean, it, it's definitely going to be a frustrating game. And we we quit because it was getting to a frustrating point. And I'm really actually glad that I'm not reviewing this game because that means I can play for three hours, take a break. Totally. Play for three hours. You know, like mm-hmm. I can spread this I was out. Already, I played it for like maybe an hour and a half today and I was I was kind of that at enough. that point. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll go back and play more. Sure. But I totally know what you mean in terms of like, okay, I'm good for a while. Like I'm good yeah. for now. Exactly. Um, it, yeah. It's so tense. Like this game is so incredibly tense and it really nails sort of the feeling of, of being mm-hmm. in the last hour of Alien, the movie, where it's it's kind of just Ripley and Jonesy the Cat. Yes, That's but, the thing I'm worried about, know. actually, because <laughs> Alien spends so long, the movie, being so kind of mundane in a really, like a in really awesome great way, way. like yeah. not Ripley in a bad way at all. Ripley doesn't even rise up as a main character until like exactly. a third of the way through the film. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Whereas in this thing, like pretty early on, like pretty quickly after you take control you're in a crazy 
space station where things are already completely fucked up. There's like graffiti all over the walls. Shit yeah. is destroyed. Um, like you're immediately, and that that is the part that is kind of a bummer to me so far. I guess it's like okay, it's another game where like people scrawled desperate messages on the wall, yep. and there are audio logs that you just find on the ground that are tape recorders. At least and, it's like, in a six space station for the first time in a long time. I know that's true. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> I don't mean to sound ungrateful here because that's <laughs> rad. it's been a while since a sick abandoned space station. Yeah, was, was well, spooky. You know how long it's been? Basically, I think since the game that started this whole thing, which was System Shock. Well, 2. Dead yeah. Space has some sick spooky. Oh yeah, Dead Space. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Dead Space has, but that. like yeah. not like this. Yeah. No, you're right about Dead Space. That's you're totally correct. Um, Especially the first one, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it slightly bummed me out, I guess. I don't know what you necessarily would have done in a video in like right, first, a systems-oriented like, video game. To re- so I'm not sure, blaming them for this. It's not a thing pellets. where I'm saying, like, I would have <laughs> done a better job. It's not that. I'm not trying to, like, backseat design it. Yeah. But, but I can't deny that, like, it does feel like I've seen the whole scrawled on the walls audio logs shit's already destroyed like lights already all dark and flickering yeah. it does feel like i've seen that you a wanted lot. them to somehow have 40 minutes of the mass effect citadel before the alien shows up yeah i was just yeah, gonna I mean, say they, the same thing kind yeah, of, yeah. Kind but of I, which, I don't know how you would do that if they had made I that mean, work that would have been yeah. insanely you do, amazing you do yeah. start on like a sort of operational normal ship that is like with people with right. people and that's that's like so there's a little bit of that but you know it's yeah. so perfunctory it's like the int- it's like the it's also the first five seems like the whole all verbs of this game are entirely about surviving an alien. Yeah, which is totally fine. I just know Not that a, B. <laughs> True. Yes. Um yes. I just I just already know that given how long video games are and this one is said to go on like yeah. multiple people have observed that this game goes on Way longer long. than it needs to. Yeah. I just know that I'm not going to need this many hours of things already being tense and fucked up yep. and dire. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's, yeah. that seems to be the, like the prevailing criticism of this game, right? Is that it takes the last hour of alien and turns it into a six, 20 hour game. It's, I, I thought it was like 10. It's 20. 20. Yeah. It doesn't need to be 20. Hours. I know it doesn't need to be 10 hours. I agree with you. I mean, that's, I know I'm going to be very frustrated with this game. Like I already know, you know, I'm, I'm starting wanna, to you're experience get it through it. Cause you're, yeah, you. because I, I love this world so much. Like I'm, I, I'm like, you know, I, you want to find like every little this. thing they've put into I it. I have like, been. And yeah. I have actually like in my stream last night, I spent three hours and really it could have been just two hours, but I went to every poster and read them out in my Rhode Island oh, yeah. accent. I, all that well. stuff is really cool. You know, yeah. but, but like every detail, every boom box, I came back and I went back in the room because I wanted to hear the rest of the what was on the boombox, like every stupid thing. And Kirk Hamilton, who wrote my favorite review of the game so far, just from what I've experienced, um, he really enjoyed the game. He really liked it. It was a very positive review. He definitely said there are flaws. Um, but he talked about how he wished there was a mode in this game. Maybe once you beat it or, or just somehow you a could no just mode? walk around. Yeah, exactly. Just walk around and see the environments. Like just purely, sure, yeah. you know, to, to enjoy that part. Because every time you are outside in the open at all, like there's a risk of the alien coming and eating your face. And right. like it's, it's, it's terrifying and so effective and so awesome. But I definitely agree with that in that. It'd be really cool if I could just enjoy this stuff too. I know yeah. they would never do it, but if they had, if it was basically if they went like Doom Three actually had a no monsters flag you could put that was just that awesome. explore Mars and hell. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well how good the game is when it's like that. Sure. But if you just want to dork out and read all the c- computer terminals, it's that. 
But if they also supported, because I imagine their lighting system is robust as fuck, given mm-hmm. the imagery from this. Yeah. They would have to go in and do a bunch of work that they don't want to do. But if it had the gone home lights on button, so you could turn off the alien and then also just like turn on oh, like all the overhead That'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really enjoyable. That would no, be so cool. I don't know why you would ever do that. <laughs> I mean, a dork like me would. Right, you would do it because then it's <laughs> do like that for that, twenty um, hours. <laughs> that uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation CD-ROM that, yes. where, that was made. Well, I think it was just the Star Trek Encyclopedia. I think there it was, was a Star yeah. Trek: The Next Generation CD-ROM that they made apparently right before they struck the sets of the USS Enterprise D before moving all, all, before clearing out and putting Star Trek Voyager in there. But they they just ran through every possible set with a camera and then also took 360 panoramas of them and put them on a CD-ROM. Oh my god, yeah. So you can then just like spin around the bridge and go to all the different stations but then when you click on any of the doors it actually like opens and takes you on a walk through the hallway to the engineering deck or whatever. Oh, so amazing. But if you want, like, <laughs> if they already built all this shit, anyway, yeah. whatever. No, I mean, that would be cool. I mean, it was just a thing that, you know, It's, it's a way to make mentioned. you dork out apparently. Exactly. So. It would be made of, it, I mean, I would DLC. dork out. A whole, a few dorks would be very excited about that. Well, there is that DLC that is on the Nostromo. Yes, which apparently... And word on the street is... Eh. Word on the street. Eh. Patrick Klubick, who also wrote an awesome review of this game uh, and enjoyed it, a positive review overall. Like, four out of five, I think he, he said. Not that I care much about numbers, but in general, it was a positive review. He said that, yeah, the crew expendable um, DLC, which is the first DLC, which is, you know, where they got the cast together up from the actual original film and sort of set it on the Nostromo isn't isn't super awesome but apparently. nostromo no monster lights on mode oh would be oh my awesome. god oh my god what the things i would do god you would just wander around and look at i stuff. would wander around and look at stuff i would do it like every six months i would be like oh it's time to watch alien again and then also walk then around the visit ship alien it would be amazing <laughs> yeah god it would be amazing i'm i'm really enjoying the game so far even though i know it's going to frustrate the hell out of me and it's going to last 10 hours too long and everything else i sort of went in knowing all of this and what I feel like is, I just feel like Creative Assembly, just from what I've played and what I've read, yeah. kind of really went overboard in a lot of great ways. But they also definitely could have used some dialing back in in some in, some in the ways. in the not great ways. You know, sure. making okay. it twenty hours long is just, just kind of unacceptable. I have to ask you guys about this because this is the dorkiest small detail. Go for it. It's a meta detail. You guys both played it on PC. Uh, PS4, actually. Oh, you played uh, on PS4. P- you PC, played it yeah. on PC. Okay. So what I heard from Ollie is that the very opening experience of this oh, yeah. game <laughs> is the Creative Assembly logo comes up, beautiful VHS, 20th yeah. Century Fox logo, Sega logo, and then play it on ATI Radeon, just yeah, fucking drops AM, in. AMD, and it's just like the stand, like A the full, like, just yeah. hyper-rendered bank video after yeah, that, rotating after, like, the VHS, things. like, CRT Yeah, they did a really logos. good job of making line art of the creative assembly and Sega logos and having them like come in as though they were, ve- as though they yeah. were vector. They look like the, um, like the opening of Blade Runner or something with that, uh, mm-hmm. like just like old Ridley Scott opening title sequences. Yeah. It all looks, have that weird looks, analog yeah, stuff. It looks really good. Yeah. The trailers have those two. They right? have it's those like, two. Beautiful. And then they have, and then it's, it's like AMD meant for Radeon oh. or whatever. <laughs> Why would they not just go first? Yeah. I know. Oh, cause you know, like, Sorry, to d- like this is of course I haven't played the game. I've just heard about this, and it's the part that fascinated me the most. But like <laughs> imagining the internal conversation about that, where you're the UI designer on that game, who yeah. obviously are like UI. I know that all that stuff actually was made in house by their UI team. Yeah. Um, their UI graphic design team did like they didn't outsource any of that stuff, which a lot of studios do. But to have made that 
and then hear, oh, guys, guess what? Good news. AMD subsidized 3% of our budget or 1% or like literally 0.01%, some disgusting number. So we're just, we got to just put that logo in. I'm sure it's fine. We just, it's just the logos, right? And then they're like, oh, but can we, oh, yeah. can we like, can we put it before our, no, we got to have ours first. I mean, we're proud of what we did, right? So like, oh no, not anymore. Oh, that was it's, soul it's, crushing. I mean, I yeah. That's yeah. the story that plays out in my brain because that's what I imagine it would have been had I been right. in that position. Yeah, but yeah, like, totally. oh man. That's got to be the worst because you're like, oh, the PC version, people can run on a 4K display. And uh, mm, 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 mm. maybe you can just, maybe there's an INI file. It's PC games. Oh, man. I bet, yeah. Someone should release a patch that does nothing but just strip it out just the improves AMD. the opening flow of the binks. <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah. Also, there. Also, no alien mode. Life yeah, yeah. Another, animal this in. This is yeah. another bummer that I, this really bothers me, actually, in a lot of video games. This is not a criticism of this game specifically. It is so common in games, and I hate it, is when the logo treatment of the game comes up and has a little TM thing on it. When you're in the, like, setting the scene, mm, like, here yeah. comes our, like, logos and, like, the name of the game and, like, you're starting this immersive experience. Right. And it has a little fucking TM. That's a thing I've that's... never seen that in a movie ever. I've never in game my industry, entire like, life Game industry marketing that. illegal people are obsessed with the TM showing up at all God, forms. I hate but it. Film and TV brands don't have the trademark. They never there. do. Yeah. Never. So, eh, occasionally. But it's usually what the, it comes in at the end in the closing credits. Yeah. They'll oh, put that's it in totally there. different. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about like the thing that's part of the whole experience that's introducing Man. you to what you're about to I've see. I've got to just go play this game. I'm sorry that I'm obsessed with this opening flow stuff. But when you press <laughs> new game, do they have a little other title sequence inside of the game as well? Or does it just kind of. Oh, I can't see? remember. Yeah, I think because, it does. Because the correct flow. And if you if you were able to hack this in an INI file, let's just have the AMD logo come up, and then whatever, right, and then move the other one. And then when you press new game, then you get that stuff because yeah. that stuff is mm -hmm. sick. Because that's what it would be if it was an yeah. actual experience that you paid money for yeah. and wasn't a video game. Right. You know the thing that also bums me about this logo shit in a movie often. <laughs> no, okay, I'm sorry. It just really it has bothered me for years. It really has. Like let's in get a, it all out, Chris. Let's okay, do it. so in a film, sometimes on the movie poster you'll have your like really high concept worked up logo type or whatever and it's there but then you watch you go in the theater and you sit down and you watch the movie and it's and like when the title of the film comes up it's actually just like in a really understated like piece of typography or something really simple because yes. the director just decided like regardless of what our marketing assets are yes like this actual moment in the film should look like this and no one ever does that in games either in games it's always like the fully worked up logo with the tm and it drives me fucking crazy it like, happens it just, occasionally but I it's guess occasionally. Like, I think Last of Us does it really nicely, but Last of Us had a film title company do their yeah. credits. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Th that whole, the whole way that be the beginning of games is treated just feels to me so, like, uncaring. Well, it's also... Like, it's not the developer's fault, I'm sure. I'm sure that all this shit is foisted it's again on you by... In a, in a video game, if you ha especially if it's a narrative single-player experience, you have the opportunity to have all of your marketing branding shit in your main menu. Get your stupid hero shot in there, whatever, yeah. your key art, your logo... And that's the equivalent of a DVD menu. Right. That's true. But that's then true. when you press new game... Yeah, you want the unbroken... Get the good one. Yeah. The good like, stuff. Get the and sometimes that does happen. Yeah, yeah, but not always. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. Okay, so the first time that I noticed that that was a thing in movies was when I saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I like first became aware of marketing branding versus the in-movie one. And it's because for some reason I really liked the logo in the commercial. It was like this like gold embossed thing. And then in the movie it was like a really high concept animated sequence for right. the logo. And I was like, what's that? That's not the logo <laughs> to this movie. Oh, my God. I'm just picturing baby Jake just being like, yeah. yeah. 
Like going home and Photoshop. When I get one. older, I'm going to make sure that nothing like this ever happens. No way. I think it's good. Obviously. Now you do, but I'm yeah. just saying oh, you're right. inspired because you're an idiot baby. Yes. I, now I know better. <laughs> now I know that, that I, haven't, I haven't seen the credit sequence to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in quite a while. I don't know if it's on Art of the Title. It's probably not. God, that's so good. Uh, so that's my alien isolation impressions. <laughs> <laughs> title impressions. No. I like it. But yeah, you are positive on this game, Danielle. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm in love with this game, and it will. I will. You will fall out of. I will hate it. I, I know. We got I got distracted a lot from actually this, but what are the? If you could just like bullet point, maybe some of the things that you actually really like about it. Well, I mean, we got we went off into the weeds. Sorry, oh, no, that's fine. I, uh, I like. We the had weeds. an important discussion. <laughs> Title weeds. You know, yeah, it's good. I, I like the weeds. Uh, honestly, the the biggest thing I think is that they nailed the tension. And they oh, nailed yeah. the world. No, they, they did, they did yeah. that. Um, and frankly, I, I just really, really like games that are like a true horror experience. Like, it just, I played, I actually played Resident Evil, the remake yesterday, the new HD oh, yeah, yeah. remake. And I was doing that for a couple of hours. Resident and Evil then, 1? Yes. It's, it's a, a new, new remake. HD remake? Because yes. wasn't there, well, there was a new there SD remake GameCube. on the GameCube one. This yeah. is an HD remake of that SD remake. <laughs> yep. Cool. <laughs> And I had a lot of fun with it, and I was enjoying it, and and it sort of reminded me of like you know, '90s horror games that were actually survival horror that were hard, and they were you know, you had a gun, yes, you had a weapon, but like you never had a lot of bullets, and it was you know more of a true horror experience. It's cheesy as hell for sure, like and of course it's yeah, going yeah. to continue to be cheesy as yes. hell, and that's most of the charm of it. Um, but this feels to me like a real true horror game in the way that like it's scary as hell and you die a lot. And the fact that it's frustrating makes it scary. And the fact that you never want to be outside in the world, even though you really want to be inside the world. Um, I, I, excuse me. I mean, like, you want to be in the world. You want to be walking around. You want to be looking at all the details, things like that. But you, but also you want never to want to, you want yeah. to be in the locker where you're safe, even though you're not always right. safe yeah, in the yeah, locker. Yeah. You know, like, that tension for me is just really intoxicating. Like, I love being in this horrible, oppressive world that's also really beautiful and fascinating. And, like, you know, I... I weirdly, I think I talked about this on an episode of Thumbs before, but I actually had a dream about Alien Isolation where I was in, in the world and I wanted to look at all the art assets and the AIs that were controlling the alien were like, no, you can't be out in the open right now. Like I had this insane, bizarre dream that was very video gamey. And then it turned out to be real. And then it turned out to be kind of real, almost, you know, like that, that is the tension that's in the game, you know, for large <laughs> parts. You so. want to look at these beautiful assets, but unfortunately there's an alien. And unfortunately <laughs> the alien wants to eat you more than you want to look at the art assets, which is, you know, why can't we all be friends and enjoy these things? So true. Oh, anyway, I, I'm really, really, really positive on it. And, um, with, with the caveats that I know. Even it though you know it's a tragedy. Me. It's a tragic story. actually. Yes. And I know it's going to go on 10 hours too long. Like if this were a six hour game. Like, that would probably be perfect, you know, if it, if it was, like, a, a, on the shorter end of a AAA mm -hmm. game, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't fault Creative Assembly for being, you know, ridiculous fanboys and fangirls over the best movie of all time. So, you know. Yeah, but it, that doesn't have to do with length, right? I mean, it's... She just means as far as just being indulgent. It's just being so indulgent. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, just like okay. having the Going opportunity and, and then overboard. taking too mm -hmm. much of the opportunity, yeah. basically. No, yeah, yeah that's, exactly. I get it. That's fair enough. It's... Although, man, if I were making a big AAA game, I would do anything I could to keep it from being 20 hours Yeah, long. I'm sure. Well, that's not true. <laughs> if I were making a game like this, which is a, you know, very specific narrative experience, yeah. it's totally different than if you're making 
a, you know, a systems game. Systems-based. Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, this or, game or is like systems-based, but like, yeah. right. Something that's like if you're making a shadows just, of, a shadow of Exactly, game. a shadow of game. A shadow of game. You know, yeah. you can just sort of dig around in that for as long as you want. But uh, something like this where tension's the whole point. Tension kind of loses itself if yeah. it goes on too long. Yeah, it just um, becomes frustration. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I am really looking forward to playing it more also. Sounds so good. I downloaded... Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. And I downloaded Alien Isolation. Mm-hmm. And then I spent the entire weekend playing Smash Brothers. Oh, awesome. Oh, man. Here, do you want to take a break? Yeah, I do. Right. But I just wanted to get that out because that was my contribution to these two games is that I downloaded them well, now and there's Smash now, Brothers instead. Now we're introducing the concept of tension into, into yes. Idle Thumbs yes. by announcing what Jake played. But then and you know what I thought about Smash Brothers? Video game. Chris. Jake. Snacks? You like them? I love snacks. Eat them. Fortunately, this show is brought to you by NatureBox, a delicious monthly snack subscription service that we love. Uh, They will send all kinds of delicious treats, savory and sweet, that unintentionally rhymed, right to your home (laughs) or office. And the best part, if you go to naturebox.com slash thumbs uh, for a mere $2 in shipping, they will send you an otherwise free snack sampler with uh four kind of trial size snacks as well as a fifth full size snack uh for you to try i looked these up finally we never get this because we get the big old full nature box because we love this shit but uh you will send you will get in the trial sea salt sun crunch garden tomato crunchies coconut cashews cinnamon swirl kettle kernels and a full additional snack so uh go to naturebox.com slash thumbs Get your trial. Eat them. Video game. What the Caco Demon stuff? What about that Caco Demon content? This episode is also brought to you by Hulu. Hulu Plus, Plus in fact, uh, an excellent online streaming service that has both uh, full catalog TV show archives as well as currently streaming shows. Um that are on television right and now. some film content, including some of the Criterion Collection. Exactly, yes. Um, I am currently enjoying my ridiculous guilty pleasures, which are Shonda Rhimes' uh, ex- ongoing show Scandal, which has just restarted. I'm watching it on Hulu again now, as well as How to Get Away with Murder, her somehow even trashier than Scandal other show about a like diabolical black woman. Um, so anyway, I love that shit. Uh <laughs> Also on Hulu.com, I found out today on Hulu Plus is the full run of Twin Peaks, which is perfect because we are launching a new Twin Peaks rewatch podcast. Get it at TwinPeaksRewatch.com. We'll tell you more about it later. But the whole thing is on Hulu. Um, If you haven't seen Twin Peaks, it's all up there. It's a fucking good show. Yes. And if you go to uh, HuluPlus.com slash thumbs slash thumbs, you can get a two week trial. That's an extra bonus week of trial. Check it out. Video game. That's the sound of us being back, I guess. <laughs> oh, we're back? It was a rocket through space from Alien Isolation to Smash Brothers. It was like a smash attack. Yeah. Although oh, that's more like... It's like an anime sound. Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> is that what it does? Kind of. Wow, Some okay. of the smash attacks. Some of them. What a smash attack is yeah. just like the punch. You're talking about the final smash. Yeah, the final smash. Is the cool move? Oh, you're right. Yeah. I, I'm mixing my smash. You're mixing your smash attack, your final <laughs> smash. Wait, what's, s- this, what's the like special one called then? The final smash is the move when like you get the huge ball that glows. No, but what's your just normal like powerful one? If you just 
well, like you have in Smash Brothers, you have two or you have special attacks on one button and standard attacks on the other button. But if you charge up a standard attack in any direction, it can become a smash attack. Oh, where that's, it has that's like a, that is where it has like, a, like where you wind up a punch, then you punch someone really hard, or like you headbutt them really hard. Right, or but like that's you, not that's just like a punch. That's like a but it's like a, it's like but, a special. But if move. you just press the button it, in that direction, just like whoop, it just goes. But if you hold, you can charge and get a get a right, smash okay. punch. Yeah. yeah, all right. Whereas like you know, if you're Mario, he'll shoot fireballs on one button and then he'll punch on another button. But if you hold on the punch button, he'll give you a smash attack. Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> you use the word smash a lot when talking about this game. <laughs> It's true. So you've been playing a lot of what? Which one have you been playing a lot of? 3DS New Super Smash Brothers. Okay. The new one. Is it called New Super Smash Brothers? No, it's called Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> it's great. Like, it's fine. But the problem with this is they've just made a game called Super Smash Brothers that you can buy on the 3DS. And they've made another game called Super Smash Brothers that you can buy on the Wii U. And they've made another one called Super Smash Brothers that you can buy on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> so yeah. it's really confusing. Oof. What, like what if what if you're going to buy one for your nephew or niece and you accidentally and buy, you the accidentally N64 buy the N64 cartridge N64. and you, you pay a ton do? of money because it's worth so much on the used game scene? You're like, it must be the new one because it's the most expensive one. Aww. It must be the best one. He must want the best one. Right. Aww. What are extended family members to do when buying <laughs> gifts for their niece, nephew, or grandchild? When they think that the most expensive Super Smash Brothers no I, modifier is... Yeah, I feel is, really bad for those people. They probably should just... You've now invented a class of person that doesn't <laughs> exist for us to be sympathetic towards. <laughs> I mean, they're going to go into the nearest still-in-operation used game store that carries N64 cartridges, and I guess they won't do that, because never mind, because that doesn't exist. No, they'll go in there and they'll be like, do you have Super Smash Brothers? And they'll say, oh... Which Super Smash Brothers? And then they'll bring out a catalog <laughs> that includes estimated retail prices, which are $49.99, $49.99, and $499.99. They'll say, oh, it must be that one. And they'll say, I'm sorry, we don't have that. And then they'll let them leave the store without offering to possibly ask if that might this not be. such a be. sad story. That's exactly what they do. Man, that's why Game Crazy went out of business. <laughs> Because they're staffed only by idiots. Yes. They're staffed only by like, oblivious We're trying to idiots. maximize sales, so we should try to push the most expensive games that's only exactly called Super Smash Brothers <laughs> on whatever platform released in whatever decade, whatever fucking century. Oh my whatever God. millennium. Whatever millenniums that Super Smash Brothers was put out in. The expensive one is the one that we got to sell to that grandpa. Oh, oh we have none in stock. <laughs> Good, goodbye. <laughs> Good day, sir. Get out. Do you think he wanted? No. He only wants the best one, which is not that this one either. This scenario suggests child. a corporation that is unwilling to sell any copy of Super Smash Brothers except an impossible to obtain N64. We have to copy. maximize used game sales. Oh my god. That's true, because on that forty nine ninety nine copy, they only get what like, like eight dollars of that. Like, but yeah. think about how much they're making off that four hundred ninety nine dollar one. <laughs> like four hundred ninety six dollars. <laughs> Some kid brought in his U haul box of Smash Brothers, but only those uh, of of video games. Anyway, <clears throat> so so in conclusion, I've been playing Super <laughs> Smash Brothers. Hmm. Uh, for the Nintendo three DS. <laughs> I paid the retail amount. I downloaded it onto the cartridge. Four hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Download it. Yeah. Three yeah. DS and Wii U have full retail games. Are just day and date in the downloadable. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like it's twenty fourteen. It's been so long since I had a Nintendo console at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I. The only reason that I didn't download Zelda is because Zach loaned me the cartridge. 
But Mar- cartridge? It's oh, a- for the for the three. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, for the 3DS. <laughs> the cartridge for the Wii U. Well, I still I downloaded it to an. SD I thought you card. were. Ju- I was just in the mind of grandparents, and I was just thinking you were a grandpa referring to well, the disc the thing, as a though, cartridge. Well, that's the thing, though. Which Super Smash Brothers cartridge did you like? We have two. <laughs> oh my god, that's one right. of them is this super small, dumb, cheap one, and the other one's this huge, expensive one. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, Think of how much more cool game they could fit on this huge cardboard. <laughs> this wallet size one. Um, anyway, I've been playing Super Smash Bros. on the 3DS because... Um, that was the most worthless discussion. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. Was it, Chris? Was it? Um, <sighs> Do you you've like been playing the game? 3DS Super Smash Bros. We've established... The, I guess we've established... <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, because Danielle, you talked about it a little bit because you played an early release where you played the demo. I think I actually, I, it was actually the full game, but I had it early because Patricia, so mm. it was fine. Yeah, um, this is the first 3DS game that's actually given me like complete, um, just like temporarily debilitating hand cramps, which is the thing that a lot of uh, people complain about yeah, about it the hurts 3DS after a while. But it's because I think this game uses it uses every single available face on the controller oh, in a way that yeah. a lot of games don't because it's right. just it is a, including the touchscreen uh the touchscreen's only used for just like for menu stuff the actual you don't have to you don't have to take your hands you off don't the controller. Do a final smash on the thing. no no no, yeah. no i mean it's it's as close of an adaptation as they could make which i think you yeah. talked about before like yeah. it, it's not it's not impaired in any way like there was actually there was a fan game called super smash land that someone made that oh, was yeah, intending to right. be like an imagined version of how Smash Brothers mechanics could port down to an original Game Boy. So like, how could you do a oh, Smash wow, Brothers cool. game that just has A, B, up, down, left, right? Um, and that's all the characters cool. are just like yeah. 12 pixels high. Yeah. It was actually really wow, cool. That's yeah, awesome. it was awesome. Um, but this game is obviously not intending to do that. It uses uses the analog stick. It uses A, B, X, Y, L, and R, um, which is, I guess, all of the keys that you actually yeah. have. I guess on a GameCube controller, you have Z. You have the third trigger right, available to right. you. But... Functionally, it controls and moves exactly like Super Smash Brothers, um, which cramps the fuck out of your hand yes, on a 3DS. <laughs> but um, and the controls, like it, it was a reminder that I've only played this thing on a GameCube controller, which yeah. does not actually have a diamond face button configuration. It has that crazy '90s design. Yeah, the thing. A the, the A button's way bigger than the B button. It has the huge A button, and then the other ones kind of arc around it in a semicircle. Yeah. And Smash Brothers is obviously built for that control scheme because when you try to play it on a diamond ABXY, your thumb has no fucking idea where to go. Yeah. Um, the actual control configuration screen in Super Smash Brothers on the 3DS is really nice. So, like, I think everyone has a different mental map of where their thumb actually goes to do those different actions on a GameCube, but you can just drag the controls yeah, around to match on the 3DS. Yeah, it's I don't, I don't know how much I should actually talk about what Smash Brothers is. It's a brawling fighting game made by Nintendo where yeah. characters fight each other. Cool. Um, whatever. The thing... And if you've read a lot of reviews of, of Super Smash Brothers 3DS, uh, this will become apparent, but sort of... And we talked about this a little bit last week as well, yeah. but I've now become obsessed with it, which is <laughs> in previous Smash Brothers games, the single-player campaign has always been very sidelined it's almost training although they get like the guys who write final fantasy to write the lore for them it's amazing it's so cheesy it's but but um smash brothers on the 3ds is way more focused around playing short bursts of different types of games and like 
it has it's kind of buried up in the top corner of the main menu, but it's obviously the heart of what the game is, and it's the challenges screen, yeah. which just starts off as an empty grid, and then as uh, of just nothingness. And it, if you sort of dick around with the different mini game modes, eventually you will complete one of those. Like that, that empty grid is actually locked off challenges that are kind of tutorially, kind of arbitrary. Sometimes they're just really fucking hard, but it'll just be like <laughs> play a game as a character. But once you complete one of those. The challenge that challenge unlocks is complete, and then the definitions of the adjacent challenges show up. So then your objective effectively is to unlock, is to clear the entire challenge board. And it made my weekend start disappearing because <laughs> it, it was the first time that I've actually enjoyed playing Super Smash Brothers by myself. Yeah, that's cool. Because the, it, it's all like play this mode, score X Y Z, and this complete this. Like it has, it has. Um, it has the classic single player campaign where you go through a story, a story, or there's right. a world map that yeah. has some branching paths, and it, cho- it chooses sort of who you fight, and like at the end you Mortal fight a Kombat boss. or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it also has a like sort of Smash Brothers like history mode where you fight clusters of characters by year. Yeah, which is also really hilarious. Whoa. Where yeah. it's like these guys it's were like introduced in 1989. Yeah, that's pretty good. So like. You know, early on, it's a lot of the early Nintendo characters and Pac-Man, and then over time, it turns into more and more anime dudes. Yeah. Is this but, the first um, one Pac-Man has been in? Yes. How's Pac-Man? Okay, this is the part where I, I have to admit that I have not played enough of this to actually know if it's a good Smash Brothers game or not. <laughs> right. Like, relative to other ones, like, I, without... Sure, yeah. I'm yeah. just going to say it's probably not if you're into playing Smash Brothers for the sake of playing against friends competitively because like the 3ds controller is just not ever going to let you play at the performance level that you can and comfort so i don't really know i have actually i've almost entirely been playing as luigi surprise and (laughs) pac-man luigi and pac-man all right Um, cool so you can answer my question i've unlocked wario recently so i've been playing as him because his powers are mostly different ways of farting (laughs) on people and eating things and riding a motorcycle excellent um good all good (laughs) no pac-man um I was really wary of Pac-Man showing up in Super Smash Brothers. I was actually like enraged. You're a Pac skeptic. Because people were like, Pac-Man's showing up. And I was like, Pac-Man better not have fucking legs and stuff. (laughs) Of course he has legs and hands. He's a stupid mascot character. But it's (laughs) like, it actually looks really good. The way that he's integrated aesthetically is actually very, very clean. That's cool. And then, um, but it feels like they didn't quite know what to do with Pac-Man move-wise. As far as, like, he doesn't have any fucking moves. He's Pac-Man. He right. just eats a thing. He's a face. Right. So, <laughs> but it feels like he's a character who... But they be- can't just Kirby him. Right. No, but be- because because they got to sort of come up with his moveset, and because he's, like, the 4,000th character that's been built for Smash Brothers, it feels <laughs> yeah. like he's a reasonably considered character. So, like, what does he do? Um, <laughs> What does Pac-Man do? <laughs> I mean, he just does a lot of really aesthetically... And, okay, someone who knows a ton about Smash Brothers is probably listening to this and being like, Pac-Man's fucking nerfed or, like, Pac-Man's, like, <laughs> Pac-Man's overpowered, whatever. I don't really know. Right. I haven't played enough to know yeah, 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 where sure. he stands on, like, the character power level, like, winning odds uh, thing. But, I mean, he he basically either, like, he can, one of his moves is to spawn a sprite, which sort of rotates between a cherry, a strawberry, whatever, 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 which he can throw at someone. Or, um... His like forward is forward attack 
is to just cast a trail of pellets in front of him and then leap through them, eating them, and then and then also eating like chomping on anyone in his way. It's pretty great. And yeah. his his up attack is also very similar, where he just jumps, he just chomps up. But when he does those, the way that it's animated, his legs basically disappear, and he sort of turns into oh, classic cool. form. That's yeah. so like, but it's cool. it's handled since it's a fighting game, and it's such a, like per frame specific animation. Like the transitions handled really cleanly. Right. Yeah. 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 Also, he it's can, not the shitty blends. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it like it, it looks and feels pretty good. Where like when he does straight up, down, left, right movements, they actually like he sort of reduces down into retro form and does classic Pac Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I think his his down special attack is to drop a fire hydrant on the ground, which I don't know what Pac-Man thing that's from, actually. I don't either. But then it <laughs> would impact someone that's there, but also once it's on the ground, like half a second later, it spurts water in both directions, which doesn't knock people's health, but it pushes them back. And then predictably and really, really deliciously, his final smash move is to grow to be three times the size of his normal size turn into retro pac-man and then he can he can just has free ran over the board but he can only move up down left right like he controls like right. pac-man yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. so everyone that's else really has good. total fluid of movement and right. you're just trying to <laughs> yeah, pac-man yeah, yeah. them uh, <laughs> to eat them and, like good it's, it's it's fucking pac-man and super yeah. smash brothers it's what you'd expect i didn't that's really not, i mean i don't yeah. know you still have to do that stuff well yeah, it, yeah. it's and again like as a fighter on a, in a competitive plane i don't really know how it would work but like he's fun to control like all of his moves the like the way they work in a tactile way feels better to me than even some of the earlier not quite as enjoyable to me characters. But yeah. also Mega Man is in this for the first time and I didn't play as Mega Man yet. But he may have been in the Wii one. I I could be wrong. Was he? He may have been. I'm Meg- trying to remember. I played the GameCube one oh, the also, most, also, for sure. Uh, I don't think he was. I think Sonic was the big ad in Brawl. Oh, okay. And then I think Mega Man was the initial like big ad in this oh, one. All right. So it was like ago. That's how long it's been. Because they were like, yeah. Mega Man. And everyone went, oh, shit, Mega Man. And then they said, Wii Fitness Trainer. And everyone went, what? Wii Fitness Trainer? Uh, Which is actually kind of a great I love character. that they put the Wii Fitness Trainer. Oh, yeah. Trainer. Good. Yeah, it's really so awesome. The Wii Fitness Trainer's in it. And then the like the final last minute thing was like, oh, so Pac-Man's in it, motherfucker. Oh, okay. So like, that was like... Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I guess I'm mixing up my smashes. Yeah. yeah. Mega Man was new to Super Smash Bros. 4, which is this, this one. one. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was... It was so... Makes sense. As we know in our chronology, it was Super Smash Bros. Yes. <laughs> then uh, Super, Super Smash, Smash Brothers, Brothers Melee. Melee. And then Brawl. And then Super Smash Brothers and Super Smash Brothers. Yes. Which, which <laughs> Wait, doesn't so you're, have a what release you're telling date me yet. is that half of all Super Smash Brothers games have been called Super Smash Brothers. Yes. More, more than half. More than half, yeah. Three out of five. Yes. Three out of five Super Smash Brothers agree. Sixty percent, sixty percent of Super Smash Brothers games have been titled yeah, 60% Super Smash Brothers. Sixty percent of this decade-spanning series across four yes. pieces of more hardware. than a decade, like fifteen years, right? Yeah, ninety-nine. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's ninety-nine. Yeah. So happy fifteenth anniversary, of Super Smash Brothers. We're celebrating it with the release of Super Smash Brothers <laughs> and Super Smash. Bros. I am really, really interested. Okay, so I have a, I have a couple of really quick notes to say. First of all, my girlfriend has been playing this obsessively. She's put like forty five hours in into so what far. single player into. Well, both actually. She's, she's like, can you putting... just play it randomly online and stuff? You can. Okay, yeah, okay, you can cool. use your friend you can... codes and whatever. Else. I always just assume nothing works. Then <laughs> that Nintendo online. doesn't know what <laughs> online is. I, I'm sure that's an outdated, ridiculous <laughs> no, opinion. No, it apparently does have some latency and connectivity issues. It does. Whatever. But what I want is to have friends who have 3ds's just to play it on a LAN. Yeah, that's, right. sure. that's, that's what it's for. That's what a, that's what a DS game is really good yeah. for for a bunch of idiots. Well, on it's couches. also just what Smash Brothers is good for. Yes. Yeah. But. It's yeah. what Super Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers, and Super, and Smash, Super Smash Brothers, Brothers. are good for. Also, Melee and Brawl. Yes. And Super <laughs> Smash Brothers is Melee and Brawl. <laughs> right. 
the brothers of melee. Yes. <laughs> uh, she has actually, you know, partially destroyed her circle pad from playing it so much. Wow. Which okay. is a thing. Oh, no. Which is a thing that was like, you know, we sort of got reports out of Japan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it actually happened to her 3DS, which is a little bit sad. Um, and also, someone has actually created a, a a way of using a GameCube controller with their 3DS. I saw this. Which oh, is what? amazing. How does that work? They just spliced they modded the it, wires yeah. into, like, connectors that they fucking, like, soldered into or what? Probably not soldered, but, like, you know, attached to some kind of input. I don't know how they did it. I know. Yeah. It's, it's mystery science that I don't understand. But yeah. they made it work. That's a bold choice given that Super Smash Brothers, with this fighter set and level set, is also coming out. On Wii U in the, like in, in November. That's not why people Hopefully do things soon, like this. but I feel like. But it, it supports uh... the GameCube controller natively. I know, but that's not why people do things I know. like this. This person is clearly a lord. It's fine, <laughs> but a lord of Smash. I feel like there there is a weird also thing, you know, since the Wii U is not doing terribly well still. Obviously, um, this the 3DS version was treated as sort of like the main version of this game, which is really interesting. Like the portable version of the party game. Is, is it's treated, not just the like, party game, the competitive multiplayer the competitive, fighting exactly, game. Exactly, like the extremely high fidelity. But they you know, they like, also know that the party aspect of it is probably more likely to be alive in like 3DS owners. But there's they're not they're not doing anything for the competitive scene with Smash 3DS. Whereas yeah. the Wii U version, they built a hardware adapter so you can plug your GameCube controller into it. So like they're going. Totally, yeah, they're going they want for those it. People to, they yeah. want the competitive yeah. scene to buy, yeah, to buy, to buy a, Wii a Wii U and buy this game, and then plug all their. I mean, I have four WaveBirds sitting in this room, but oh, I'm waiting perfect. to fucking slam into the Wii U <laughs> when Smash Brothers comes out. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, that'll be entertaining. I'm looking at them right now. They're all matching silver as well. Well, I'm looking at a couple of them. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah. Anyway, Smash is really fun. It's. I mean, yeah. The, the <laughs> we talk about a million stupid things, but the the actual just. It was nice to see so much focus and attention put into just making it be playable as a 3DS game and not just as as Smash Brothers. Like the variety, like they, it feels like they brought in every possible single player thing that had existed in the games and then put a bunch of new ones in. Oh, the one mode that I feel like we talked about a little bit last week again, but it's the thing That's that right. I've been playing the most <laughs> is, oh, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. Ugh. What is it? There in is, general, I mean. There's a single player mode that just gives you basically the world's largest Super Smash Brothers level. It's structured to feel, oh. it feels almost like a Metroid map. Yeah, oh my where God. Where it's just yeah. like tons of platforms inside of these caverns that have huge drops that you can fall down. It's like there's no death areas that you can really fall into. Mm-hmm. Um, but you just, you can sort of wander up to an overworld, which then can launch you up into the clouds. You can wander down into these various pits and it's all sort of different themes. So like here just, are the single player modes. Is it one of these? Classic mode, all-star mode, home run contest, trophy rush, target blast, multi-man mode, training mode. Is it any of these modes? No, it's none of those modes. No. Those are all like... It's in the single player. Those are sort of yeah. sub-games. This is a, this is is a, it Smash Run? I, I believe might it might be, be Smash yeah. Run. But yeah, so the, the way that this works is you just have, I think it's like 60 yes, okay, seconds so. or a couple yeah. minutes. Oh, this is a p- multiplayer thing potentially also. Oh, okay. It's it's actually... You're right, because you, you play against CPUs, which means you could probably play it in multiplayer sure. as well. I just haven't. Right. I don't have any friends with right. 3DSs. Right. Um, <laughs> but you're just fighting enemies of various levels of strength. It feels very much like you're inside of a Metroid map, but it has Super Smash Bros. mechanics. But then when mm-hmm. you kill them, various uh, just power-ups and buffs pop out of them. So you sort of 
like just an array of like speed boost, attack boost, dodge boost come out of these guys, and you have X number of minutes to just go explore this world, find high level enemies and kill them, or sort of scattershot a bunch of low level guys. Um, and then at the end of that time limit, it shows your success rate at at leveling up your guy relative to the other three characters, and then says, "Okay, now fight Super Smash Brothers, go." But it's just like how well you did inside of that platforming challenge. <laughs> determines how much plussed up your character is um it's not the final challenge is also not always a fight one of the times that i was playing it just said race go and i was like race <laughs> here we go <laughs> okay i good i did i did okay on speed but like it that single player sort of or that that feeling of being inside of a single player game with that giant yeah. contiguous level yeah with smash brothers mechanics i actually found way more fun than i thought that i was gonna find it because like on I think it was on Brawl. There's a single player campaign that has a bunch of maps. Like you play a Mario Brothers level, but you have Smash Brothers moves, and it just so like it just there doesn't... are a lot of different final challenges. There is oh really three hundred percent Smash, which is free for all, but all players respawn with three hundred percent damage. There's Climb, where you climb up on a vertical thing. Easy Launch, where launch resistance is reduced, but it's a free for all. Explosive Smash, another free for all with only explosive items. Yeah, Flower Smash, Smash. And they're free for all. Where there's a mushroom one. Flowers, the flower condition. I pretty much just got normal fights, but yeah. So most of these are just free for all. It's variants, free for all, but, but with then there's also, also there's also thing. multi-man smash, which is on battlefield where each player must defeat as many opponents as possible. Um, there's let's. See, I'm trying to find the ones that are not just free for alls because there's also it is the race stuff and climb. Yeah, there's and race and climb and versus enemy team. Yeah, there's team battle. Yeah. Do, do those just randomly choose? Either it shows it in the UI and I didn't notice it, or it just says final round is mushroom smash or whatever. It felt Mr. random. Mr. Saturn but... smash. The only, only only the Mr. Saturn spawns. Oh, man, that's good. Mr. Saturn. Yeah. Anyway, it's like... It, it feels like the attitude that goes into something like a Mario party was applied to Smash Brothers in a way that's, yeah, that's not cool. unappealing. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I expect... I mean... I don't know how much of that stuff is going to be on the Wii U version. Maybe they're just going crazy and they already... This mode, the... it said, was 3DS exclusive. Okay. that feel, okay. It feels like a mode that would be just on a 3DS. Like yeah. It feels like... Because each player needs their own screen, right? Yep. And, like, again, if, yeah, if everyone has their own screen in this... Yeah, it, it feels like a mode that's built for... Even if you, like, in this room, if there's this room with a couple couches and a bunch of friends, you all get to focus on your own personal endeavor for a few minutes. And then at the end of that, it says, okay, how did everyone do... Right, And it shows all the stats for everyone on your screen and everyone gets to see everyone else's stats. So you get the sort of like, oh, fuck, I totally, yeah. you know, I thought yeah. I was doing well, but oh, holy shit. <laughs> and then you have the immediate anticipation or dread of how you're going to kick everyone's butt or get your butt kicked. Yes. Uh, yeah. But then since it's Smash Brothers, there can still be. Uh, there's always a chance. There's always a chance yeah. of a weird turnaround or someone <laughs> just totally fucking beefing it. Um, but I don't know. It's Absolutely. It's. Uh, it's well done, although my final opinion of it is I just want the Wii U version now. Like, just getting that taste. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three days, like, this is great, Smash Brothers. Fuck, I cannot wait to play the 1080p version of this <laughs> right. on a TV. Yeah. With does does the Wii U output in 1080p? Yeah. I imagine it does. I think it does. Huh. Nintendo's okay. first seven, HD console. Or 720p, whatever it is. The Wii U generally is an looks, HD console. It looks really nice. Well, no, it's an HD console, but 
isn't there like hasn't there been controversy all the time about whether these systems are like I actually think fully 1080 yeah. i believe that's hardware can output 1080p i don't know if the okay, game right. itself yeah, sure that yeah, makes yeah. sense that said nintendo would be the company that would somehow just make that so like also, for uh, their own games but right. not anyone, no nobody way. else's yeah. where like man <laughs> that stuff like where every first party gamecube game just and wii game i think output progressive scan yeah. And also, they right. secretly just had HD assets anyway. As you yeah, I know. Those games would look so amazing when you played them on PC. When you played them on a PC emulator, they looked so incredible. The assets were so high quality. Yeah, like, where God, when they put out that... We talked about this, but when they put out... Uh, Pikmin? Zelda GameCube. Oh. Wind Waker. Wind Waker, Jesus. That's okay. When they put out Wind Waker HD, I looked at it and was like, this looks... This worse. I don't know. When you play it on an emulator, <laughs> yeah. it has the complete perfect crispness of the art in the GameCube version without any of the bloom and extra Yeah, gradients. they went way right. overboard. But it's just like, <laughs> but it's crisp as fuck. Like, Link can just walk right up to the screen and his eyes still have the total clarity because they decided to make those textures God, game is so bigger than you could even render on GameCube hardware. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah. I know. It's so, it looks so good, though. Game is... But I mean, Wind Waker HD itself also looks really nice. It is gorgeous. Yeah, no, I know. But yeah. like, yeah. man, that emulator. That emulator. <laughs> but yeah, just the 3DS one. It's fun to play Super Smash Brothers by myself. I don't know how much I'd even play it online if I if I had a bunch of friend codes in there, because I'm I'm actually enjoying being able to have Smash Brothers work. Yeah, it's yeah. like a I solitary mean, experience. Player, the way yeah. that like it's so hard to make that work in games that are not fundamentally designed from it from yep. the very like I've. Um, uh, the Uber Entertainment guys who made um, Planetary Annihilation and and you know other games like Monday Night Combat and stuff launched a new Kickstarter this week for a game called um, Human Resources. Human Resources, oh, which yeah, is like yeah. they, the video is awesome. Really cool. You should watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, uh, I'm bringing up such a weird specific thing, but if you look at the comments on the Kickstarter for it. A lot of people are like, oh, man, I really I would totally back for more money if you were going to put in like a whole single player thing. And I was and and I, I saw someone make the comment of like, you should just put in single player. That's like that's so much easier because you don't need to pay for servers. And it's like, and I'm, like and I'm thinking about this and I'm like, oh, my God, if I were making a real time strategy game and I had to solve like I had to be like, let's make an entire robust real time strategy game. And then on top of that, let's make a good AI. single player campaign. Yeah. God, it's so hard. Like, yeah. almost no one has still done it well. It's crazy, too, because I think about that, and I'm like, I would, at this point, probably only play a new RTS in single player. <laughs> like, I don't... I'm kind of past the point in my life where I'm going to get back into that, like, hardcore online scene. And... Also, but it's so hard. Also, it's a like, game yeah. with the theme that Human Resources has, where it's like Cthulhu, old Elder Gods versus Skynet robots, robots. Yeah. ripping apart buildings and harvesting humans it feels like a game that has such a strong thematic content like 1v1 no i like oh, the, you... the aesthetics of it and just the presentation of that entire thing feels like it would have a campaign attached to it oh i see what you're mm -hmm. saying sure yeah 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 like it feels That's like fair, a sort yeah. of game that you would experience just for the creative and thematic content oh yeah of yeah, it, yeah as opposed to be like there's no need for any of that stuff in a multiplayer game. This could just be red box versus yeah. blue box asymmetric multiplayer. Well, People yeah, don't play games not, like yeah, that, but yeah. like you put all that work into that stuff and then not actually rolling through it as a series of missions. But at the same time, I'm sure it's that's just not really why really would, hard. Yeah. Why, why would I mean, you do I, that when yeah, procedurally I'm, generated and maybe and blah, like blah, blah, for like, all I know, they have plans to do things. I don't know. Like I haven't read up in this. I was 
So this is less specifically about human resources and more because it's just like such a crazy reminder to me of how different that stuff feels when you're just looking at it from the outside versus when you're responsible for making it. And you're just like, oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about their specific plans for this game. Yeah. yeah. And like I could be a weird outlier on this again. Like I haven't read a lot of reviews of Smash Bros. 3DS. For all I know, people fucking hate playing it single player. (laughs) And I'm just a weird weirdo. But no, I th- I'm pretty sure. It definitely feels yeah. like they funneled a ton of time into this. And it's, it, you know, there's enough modes that some of them aren't as compelling as others. But just like, it's impressive mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, to I don't think it, you're like, an outlier. I think a lot of people are like yeah, that. I, think I mean, I, a lot I of think enjoying that. I, it's really. I mean, just in the case of this Super Smash Brothers game itself. Oh, like, sure. Like maybe the consensus is that it's garbage. And I'm like, I, I love it. I'm an idiot. But uh it doesn't matter if the consensus is that it's garbage because at the end of the day, most people just want to sit down and play the thing and not stress themselves. I mean, obviously, lots of people like playing games online, but I would venture to say that in like the years that I spent as a journalist and then also like now as a developer and just sort of perceiving the way people seem to interact with games, I think it is overwhelmingly more common that most people, when they just like get a game especially if they're not playing it in a same screen, like friends at your house scenario with very few exceptions, which would include things like halo and call of duty and stuff. Most people just like want to play it alone. Yeah. I strongly think that like it's different if it's a, if it's like a world of Warcraft or something and that's so non-stressful, that's not a versus, but most people don't play world of Warcraft versus for that matter. That's a smaller. I didn't even look to see if this thing has drop in multiplayer, like Mario Kart, even on the, on one of the, 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 Whatever DS had Wi-Fi. Was that the original DS or was it the DSi? Mm, I think the DSi. Fuck, I can't remember. I, I feel like it was whatever. I thought DS had Wi-Fi. Yeah, I think it did. Because we it, played it, Mario Kart It just on didn't it. have like online store. Because I never had stuff. a DSi. Okay. Yeah. But like, I, I think even that Mario Kart just had drop-in with randoms multiplayer. Where it's like, if you want to play the game against opponents that are not AI... Yeah, it did. I played that game. Just online. do it, like sort of little yeah. big planet style. And I'm sure yeah. that Smash has that, and I just haven't even tried it. Why have I not done that? Why have I not just gone and just played? Because like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with matchmaking. I don't want to deal with any of that crap. Yeah, but playing against, playing against like reasonably weighted to me opponents would be enjoyable. The what do you mean you could, don't want to play with matchmaking, but you do want to play with reasonably weighted opponents? Being able to press—that's what matchmaking is. You mean friend codes? Yeah, and I don't. Shit want, I don't like want, Sorry, yeah. I don't want to like have to match make against my friends list and stuff. You're oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Just being able to press a button, and have it go. Loop, 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 fine. Here's four other people who are waiting who probably suck yeah. as bad so as you. You do want matchmaking? <laughs> I do want matchmaking. Yes, I just. Sorry, I think of matchmaking as like the the process of making as matches. Three of my friends sit yeah. down no, on the stupid not, couch interface, and is. then it, and yeah, then yeah, it yeah. finds people yeah. to play us against. Oh, oh, I see. Party yeah. matchmaking. Yeah, I, I always yes, you yes. I just want to be. I want I want drop in matchmaking, and I'm sure yeah. it has that. And I just haven't used it. Um. Anyway, it's I'm rambling emphatically about. You guys want to do some Smash reader mail? Yeah. Uh, God, I keep forgetting to talk about Defense Grid too. I keep forgetting to talk about Ethan Carter. Oh. God, we've been bad about the games that we've played and that we're recapping. So we play Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Bros. This week on Idle Thumbs, Alien Isolation, Shadow of Mordor, uh, Middle Earth, Shadow of right. Mordor, Team Fortress 2, Shadow of the Machines, <laughs> uh, No One Lives Forever, Shadow of Harm, <laughs> Super Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Human resources. <laughs> Good, thanks. Okay. Excellent. 
Um, thanks, Jake. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I appreciated that. Good. Let's Super see here. Oh, here's a here's a funny Smash. question that isn't about video games, but Smash. I like it. Daniel Hansen writes, "Idle fists." Hey, thumbs. I moved to a new city recently, and I'm not quite ready to get back to running in the dark every morning. Too scary. Instead, I've been considering boxing for my primary workout. Yes! It's something I've been interested in for a long time, but never gave myself the chance to try it. I was wondering if Danielle could impart any tips in terms of priorities when learning things to avoid and what kind of gyms and venues in which to practice. Thanks for the show and the idle vice, Daniel. P.S. Since I'm not talking about video games, I'd like to say that after last week's touching reader mail, I may need to, f- I feel the need to say I found Sean to be pretty hot way before it was cool. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> I would Excellent. like to. I would like to take the time to point out that uh, he's talking about the Idle Vice T-shirt available at store at idlethumbs.net. Although I guess at this point only, only currently have in women's sizes, only a couple of women's sizes left. But also there is the Wizard shirt available in all sizes for men and women, or most of all sizes for men and women at store at idlethumbs.net. Excellent. That is a deep blue with green logo. In the style of the film The Wizard, but it says I, I really like that shirt. Yeah, I have too. one of those. Anyway, Danielle. You could box in it, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> How exciting. What All right. synergy. Yeah, synergy. Okay, so my advice to you would be, first and foremost, to go to a place where people take safety seriously. Uh, you can get really, really, really horribly beaten up boxing, even just sparring with other people, especially if they have students spar really early on or if they have, like, beat-up headgear or if nobody's really paying attention when other people are sparring. Uh, just things to look out for uh, would would be to, like, be in that environment, check out a class, maybe participate in a class, or just watch a class. Some places will let you do that. And just really pay attention to the sort of safety stuff. That is, like, really number one. You probably don't want brain damage, um, <laughs> which you can definitely get from getting punched in the face, especially if somebody's, like, way bigger, way stronger than you, and you don't know what you're doing yet. You just don't want to be in that situation. So that's number one. Number two would be um, if you've ever played sports before or if you just generally have a certain kind of learning style, just try to find a coach who who kind of works for you. Like uh, there are two coaches primarily at my place and one is a little bit more about, you know, really, really perfect form and really sort of perfecting every every little motion that you make. And one is a little bit more about the intuitive process of being in a ring and kind of knowing where to go and knowing how to move. And, you know, those are two just totally radically different approaches. And I like both of them. Um, but you might, your brain might really kind of, you know, focus on one or the other kind of approach or an entirely different kind of approach. So that's something I would also look out for in a coach. And the third thing would be to get in shape uh, a little bit or at least try to do some, you know, push-ups, you know, have some cardio, do things like that before you're even boxing mm. just to get sort of ready for it. Because even a normal 60-minute sort of boxing training workout is really, really intense. Like even even as somebody who runs like half marathons all the time, like it was I, – I even was like, yeah, that was that was good. I now want to sleep for 20 hours like after my first <laughs> yeah, class. So sure. even like little, little things that you can do just in your apartment or in your house, like – just be able to do 20 push-ups, be able to do 100 crunches, you know, be able to, you know, you can get yourself there in a couple of weeks, you know, depending on sort of what shape you're in. And the boxing will take you all the way, you know, uh, that you need to be. But just just have some upper body strength, have some ability to kind of work on your core. Cool. That's my That was advice. an incredibly well-considered uh, <laughs> answer. Thank you. Um, Alan Mulhall writes, Blade Watch. Hey, Thumbs. Just thought I'd let you know that the Xbox Blades live on in the UI afterlife, the cloud. Microsoft recently released a new preview preview dashboard for their Azure cloud platform. 
The new dashboard uses nested sliding tiles that can collapse horizontally and are referred to as blades. Oh. Looking forward to 2015, Year of the Blade. Cheers, Alan. And then he includes a screenshot of oh, blades. Oh, that's excellent. Huh. Real Microsoft, blades never die. The legacy of Allard lives on. <laughs> In the cloud. In the Azure cloud He's gone to a better place now. Azure cloud. <laughs> cloud. My butt. My butt, yep. <laughs> Oh, man. Have That's we ever beautiful. talked about cloud to butt? There's a there's a great Chrome plugin by Stephen Frank of Panic Software called Cloud to Butt, and I have had this inst- <laughs> I have had this on all of my computers for years. Um, uh, and um, what it does is it finds instances of the phrase the cloud, not just cloud, but specifically the cloud, and replaces it with the phrase my butt, oh. which makes technology tech articles and uh, promotional websites for tech companies. Really, really good. In fact, <laughs> it improves them immensely. There was, uh, there, there was a time when I was at Double Fine when uh, I was <laughs> posting a backer update about Broken Age. And there's a part of that game called Cloud Colony. And I've just copied and pasted a thing about... It like, was called The Cloud Colony. No, it was just called Cloud Colony. Sure. But, like, there was... The reason I didn't notice this okay. is because at one point in this, like, page-long thing about Cloud Colony, it was referred to as The Cloud Colony. And so it just showed up everywhere that I published this as, like, In My Butt Colony. <laughs> and and it, I was there, it was there for, like, an entire day bef- oh, before I realized. But, like, people, like... People on the forums, people on the like, forums were like, What? My butt colony? Is this a... Like, is this supposed to be like a joke of some kind i don't i think i'm missing the joke part uh and i remember i had to submit it like three times because i kept thinking i had the plug-in off and then i didn't and it was just like it was just a catastrophe that's excellent yeah oh man oh so also it's worth mentioning that stephen frank in addition to making cloud to butt makes the other best plugin that's available which is called shut up Oh, yeah. Shut up is really good. And shut up. I mean, it started off as just a CSS file that you can sideload, but now there's a plugin for Google Chrome and it it's an elaborately maintained list of the markup surrounding comments sections on big websites. And if shut up is turned on, they just don't show up. Oh, that's lovely. But the Chrome plugin is actually really well, well done. Yeah, it's really good. Because it just, there's just a little talk bubble next to the URL bar, and it remembers which sites you've enabled or disabled shut up. So obviously, just turn it off on YouTube, and your life is great. Oh, because totally. YouTube just looks like a different web page. <laughs> yeah. um, but basically, any place that you don't wish to see comments, you can not see them, which has its own ups and downs as a, as a choice as a human. Um, oh, one note, though, as we discovered, if you use Pivotal Tracker the uh, team tracking software and you have shut up turned on, it just hides oh, yeah. right. some of your like, work responsibilities right. <laughs> <laughs> in a complete, in a very subtle way because it'll just delete like one out of 30 of them. Yeah. So God. someone will refer to this like task that you're supposed to have done. And you're like, I don't, I don't think that's real. I like I don't have like, oh, that task. Oh, I was filtering out 10% of my work by <laughs> yeah. uh, having this plugin turned on. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, maker of great plugins, Stephen Frank. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It was a plug That's for the a great plug-in. Plug-in plug. We are plug-in plug-in. Yes. Huh? Yeah. Okay. I liked it. Chris wasn't paying attention, so that's, that's all right. No, I don't care what you say. I still liked it. Uh, Robert Pren writes, Ian Fish. So this is a really specific response to something we talked about oh, Ian recently. Fish. Ian Fish was the guy who, it took me a second to remember who this was. This was the guy who Phil's wrote brother. the blog post about nope. how their card game, which was called what? That you played that and liked? What was the card? Oh, Guts to Glory? Yeah. 
How that game is not the shitty one, which is no, no, no. It was. This is not. This is not Gus the Glory. Oh no, this is something else. This is Road Revenge. Road Redemption. Road Redemption. Oh, Road Re- oh yeah. okay. And how I it is it. not. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, oh, well, you said it's really card awesome. Game. I said yeah. card game. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I thought no. you said card game. Nope, nope, nope. I was. <laughs> no, I should have said card Redemption combat. Is not Road blah blah blah. Yeah, Road right. Redemption is not... not the bad one. Right. Whatever the bad it, one. The Road to Glory. Road to Glory, Hell. Road to hell. That's what it was. Something it was Road like to Hell. So anyway, he says, "Dear Thumbs, I've met Ian Fish in person." At a gaming event here in New Orleans, Dark Seas Games is located here. I can confirm he is just as nice in real life as he sounds on that blog post. I think your reading of his tone is probably right based on the short conversations I've had with him. Sympathetic towards other developers trying to make the best game he can. I can confirm he is not Phil Fish, unless Phil Fish is a master of disguise. Or perhaps a single consciousness occupying multiple bodies. Which could be a thing. Thanks, Robert Prenn. Nice. P.S. Can you guys confirm or deny that you will be adding the Nemesis system to Firewatch? Can I intimidate the most popular teenager down by the lake and have them tell the others to knock it off with the fireworks? Problem solved. Um, probably. Probably. Um, Guts cool. to glory. Road, I was thinking of the other. Guts to glory. Road to glory, glory. Road yeah. to hell. <laughs> road, road redemption. redemption. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a all made by Phil Fish. What is Road to Glory? <laughs> That's not. That was Danielle Miss. That was me oh, totally oh, oh, getting oh, it oh, wrong. Oh. God, Road to Hell Retribution. That was the name of that game. And mm-hmm. it was horrible garbage. And like I said last week, Kara Ellison made an amazing review. She wrote an amazing review at Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Michael Skinoka, Skinoka writes, Game Plates. Hi, Thumbs. While walking to work this morning, I was listening to the podcast to talk, where you talked about Counter-Strike. I played way too many hours of CS 1.6 in high school about 10 years ago and hardly any ever since. I found Sean's description of his experience to be really inspiring, and I was connecting to and hanging on to every word he was saying. As I was reminiscing along to his thoughts, I saw a license plate on a car go by that, I swear to you, said Leap Noob. This is oh. L337N00B. Oh. How does that even, what state is he in that has eight character license plates? Uh, he's in Ontario, Toronto, Ontario. Oh, so I guess, I guess Canada. Not a few minutes later, I saw another license plate that said Valve. Oh was, my God. It was a surreal and bizarre as if what was playing out of my brain was being manifested in the real world. Anyway, keep up the good work. I really look forward to listening to you all every week. Michael, Toronto, Ontario. That's wonderful. I really like the idea that this guy would start reminiscing about his high school years playing CS 1.6. And then, and then <laughs> a car was just ro- what I'm hoping is that the car slowly rolled by as the guy in the driver's seat like stared him down the entire way. <laughs> he that, did the Luigi death stare And then the another time. car like comes by with the license plate saying learn to play. Like just everywhere he looks. <laughs> Deagle 42. Right. Yeah. He's in Inception. That's what's happening. Just AWP hacks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. All of those people are wearing like huge gloves with wires coming out of them or are driving somehow while wearing Oculus Rifts. Actually, that's not true. They is just... that a thing? Is that an actual thing somebody has driven using an Oculus Rift in no, a real that car? Is, that is not <laughs> that's allowed. A I feel like I imagine these people actually they wouldn't have Oculus Rifts and gloves, but they would have just like really black jackets and have like a few too many belts oh, or like yeah. too many buckles on their clothes and like one side of their head is shaved. Oh, it's so and Neo from the oh, Matrix. Oh, yeah, yeah. As they drive by, like some sort of just bad oh. laugh. Oh. Yeah, that's God, seems, that's so good. That seems fine. That's lovely. I love one license plate saying 1.6 rules. Nah, that with a Z. Will, that guy will tell you all the reasons why Counter-Strike Source is inferior. Oh, man. He'll laugh at you. I you definitely walked by a license plate the other day that said fart ass. 
That was definitely How was that allowed? definitely a thing. It was it was going right into you know on like Hoff Street, the fart garage on ass. Hoff Street. Yeah, it was fart ass. I don't it was definitely fart ass. I don't know how it's allowed, but somebody thought that was hilarious and wanted it on their car. I don't even remember what the car looked like. I just just clearly saw that. I should have taken a picture. Pixar didn't word? happen. Did they yeah. have a little heart? It was one word. It was there? one word. <laughs> Fart ass. What if what if that's their last name and it's like Fatas? That's their that's their name and Fartas. Just like Shatid could be you know, spelled yeah, shithead. Of, you know. Of the Connecticut Fartasses. Yes, the Connecticut the new, the old anyway, money. Anyway, we have an email passes. here from Patrick Ripoll. We were waiting for you, Chris. And we were just filling time. Just filling, <laughs> we are just filling the air with fart air. ass. Yeah, it was a lot of fart ass. Who writes, hey, Thumbs, I was wondering if you'd talk a little bit about Worms Armageddon. I've been playing a lot with my partner recently, and it feels like it was onto a lot of things that are big in indie games now. Simple physics-driven mechanics, procedurally generated terrain, local multiplayer, the potential for chaos spiraling out of control because, oh, fuck, fuck, that sheep just went in the wrong direction. It seems like the sort of thing that should have sparked an entire evolutionary... Uh, arm of games, but I can't name many games that have picked up the torch. Oh, I can. Do you know five thousand other Worms games that, that Team Seventeen has made after Worms? <laughs> do, you, do you know if professional level Worms Armageddon play exists? Oh I'm God. sure seeing what top tier players could do with Ninja Rope would be fascinating. At the very least, I'd love to see you stream it someday, Patrick Rypol. I read this because Jake, you are a notorious. I played Worms so obsessive. much Worms Armageddon, and it was way after. It was after. It was at least after I think Worms World, World Party came out, which was the first other one that was. Not Worms Armageddon, and it was the one like the first on the road to like two million bad Worms games. Oh, <laughs> I think there's a new game called Worms really? Armageddon. Yeah, there that, is. They they did this put a million of these yeah. out now, and I still? don't. Yeah, still like they were putting there was a there. I mean, maybe not on the Xbox One, but the Xbox 360 alone, I think, had two different Worms games on it, which is like, whoa, that's a lot of yeah. Worms. This is not what he's asking about, but like if you are Team Seventeen and you make Worms the game. <laughs> Why would you ever split your audience across 15 because different are, games? Because they purely exist from an era where that's all you could do. Whereas but, but, we're now in an era where you should just have a Worms, the fucking Worms, the game. Worms, the platform. And build a big-ass audience that yeah. is like... Right. But like they've they've had like a generation and a half in that era. Like after, where they're still doing this. Like <laughs> yeah. Team Fortress exists. StarCraft Two exists. Yeah. Worms 17 through 38 exists. <laughs> yep. But um Worms Battlegrounds is the newest one. Yeah. yeah. I was never great at Worms Armageddon, but I got reasonably competent at least in not, like not I used to love Worms. Man. I I played Worms I think before. I think but I was kind of done with Worms yeah, before I, you got into your huge thing and I played with you occasionally. I played Worms 1 and 2 like on lands with friends around the yeah. like around or around like Quake One and Two, yeah, era. Me, me too. Yeah. Like the three twenty by two hundred, really pixely worms. But then mm -hmm. I got into Worms Armageddon because a bunch of people I hung out on IRC with played it, and um, I don't even know what to say about it. Like, <laughs> it's great. Worms Armageddon is great. The core Worms formula is generally good. I don't. I don't actually like all the things that he listed off about God, it that are great. Are do you true. think we need to explain what Worms is? <sighs> I guess so. For, for for the people who have not come across the three dozen uh, Worms games <laughs> that exist. never played a worm. Worms is a turn-based multiplayer game, but it, it looks like... Can I describe Worms in terms of Lemmings? Because Worms looks like Lemmings. But it doesn't play lot. anything like lemming, Lemmings. It, 
it doesn't accept that it's a ton of small characters on a weird sort of underground caverny maze yeah. type it situation. Little, yeah. Um, also, Team Seventeen made Lemmings games after they made Worms, which is weird. But uh, you have it's all sort of it's a vertically stacked side scroll. It looks like you're playing inside of an ant farm, basically. Um, you have a team of like five or six worms, and your opponent uh, has a team also of the, does. has the same number of those. You on a turn, you have a certain amount of time to perform an action. Like you'll have thirty seconds or something to move your worm around the map, which you can sort of inch them around. You can jump a little bit, and then you choose to assign the worm a weapon out of your arsenal, and you'll have like infinite rockets and some number of grenades and then a bunch of fucking weird weapons where you can have the worm like release a sheep that will hop across the map for a while and explode or like can call in an airstrike and the objective is just to have the last worm left alive where the worms all have hit points so like you have you'll have a board where like if it's 5v5 you know uh five worms per team you're controlling one worm and then the other nine worms on the board are just standing absolutely still because it's turn-based so that one worm moves around and can affect a little bit of change um, and obviously, well, not obviously the, the, the worms are standing still, but if you shoot one of them with a gun, for instance, they'll take a couple of hits and knock back, but that could mean that they slide off of an edge, which could also mean like they could knock another worm. They could yeah. knock another worm and that worm could then fall onto a, a thing that causes a landmine that's laying there from a previous turn to sort of roll down a hill and bounce. And then it's fine, except that other worm slowly slides down the hill into right. it and explodes that worm and then explodes a flaming and that, barrel. And right. like, yep. it just like, and that worm flies off in another direction, the right. corpse of it. And then it smashes into another worm. And maybe that worm was almost dead. And now it lost the last few hit points, which then causes it to explode because when worms die, they ex- their corpses explode, which could then blow up another worm. Yeah. Like, chain, right chain next reaction. to it. Chain yeah. usually don't go that they far. They don't just go that far. But sometimes they but, do and it's outrageous. Like, when you're playing, you can play, I think Worms Armageddon, at least, I believe, could have four players playing. Um, and the maps could get reasonably large. The community hacked it to make really huge maps. But, like, awesome. it, you know, when people, when you actually plan an amazing chain reaction of worm stuff and it works... It's incredible. Oh, it's amazing. But when you plan a chain reaction and then one step totally causes it to explode in the complete opposite direction, it's also good. It's like it's pretty good. Like yeah. Worms is a game where a grenade can roll down a hill, yes, literally, definitely. and can and cause often fire does. to propagate. And yeah. that is also amazing because it causes a bunch of people to die that you do not intend to die. It's just as sad. Yeah, including half of your worms. I would call Worms the Far Cry 2 of turn-based Oh, I was waiting games. for that. Worms, the Far Cry 2 of Worms. Of Worms. Worms Armageddon is the Far Cry 2 of Worms. Yeah, All the other Worms true. are... Oh, yeah. Far Cry 3 and 4 of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the, he referred to ninja ropes, which was always my personal favorite thing in Worms. Ninja rope is an item that you have. I forget exactly how the quantity things work, but I think the quantity ninja ropes have uh, is like how many turns you could, like yes. how many like you can launches of it you have. And it's a rope that you don't that touch you sh- the ground. You can yeah. just go. So it's a rope that you shoot out. It's a, it's like essentially a grappling, hook. grappling hook and it hits a wall or ceiling. And then you can like retract it which will cause you to like shoot up along the rope and gain momentum and then you can let it go and right. launch and then fire it again and as long as you don't hit the ground you can keep firing it indefinitely right. but the physics on the ninja rope especially at least in worms armageddon but i think in many of the worms games i think they actually replicate the bad physics now <laughs> the way that the physics of the ninja rope work is that <laughs> right. if you launch yourself like you want to try to get on like the very edge of a surface 
Uh, yeah. If there's like a little tiny outcropping, you want to like nail the end of that outcropping and zip yourself bounce towards off. it, yeah. so that you'll, your guy sort of goes like physics bounces. <laughs> but then if he's if you re like if you put out more line when you're pointing up, right. the rope doesn't have coil physics or weight physics, so he it just, just goes straight up. It just looks like he's on a, like a piston that just extends straight up, <laughs> and then you could sort of push and lean your guy right. to the left, so you can sort of. Yeah, like swing up and around and just have your guy launch up into the air and sort of arc yeah, on the you rope. Can do crazy, and then let go of the rope, and then relaunch it up into the ceiling above you again. So you can do crazy vertical climbs. Like if you, I bet still on YouTube, if you search for Worms Armageddon Pro Roping, you will probably find people oh, yeah. do oh, the man. craziest yeah. shit. Which is, I know what what um, he's asking about is even just if you have a friend who plays enough and gets good at the ninja rope, it's a fucking sight to behold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. But people who are good at ninja rope also, again, are the masters of their own undoing because you'll like, oh, also, I think ninja rope, at least in some settings configurations, don't use up all of the, no, they use up time, but you just move so fast that you'll see someone like try to cleverly place dynamite on one side of the board and then like ninja rope all the way across the board as quickly as they can. And then they think because they've executed that so well that their final move is going to be to like cheekily land on another worm and knock them off a cliff. Right. Uh, so somehow try to get like two deaths on the opposite sides of the board. But what that obviously does is they get so greedy with it that time runs out on their final like swing and then uh-huh. their rope disappears because it turns over and then they just like take three of their teammates <laughs> into the water and then their dynamite just somehow fails it's to even so explode good. at all. Yep. And, like that's like the, that is totally the thrill of that game. Yeah. But it, it being, like and it's turn based, which means you can hot seat it, like you said. But I feel like it being turn based is probably the thing that would keep it from ever really like right being the same kind being, of competitive thing that you get from watching people yeah, yeah. go at each other in real time. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to think if there are any other non worms games that uh, embrace anything like this. I mean, worms itself descends from a long line of games like, it's um, like scorched fodder earth or and yeah. cannon fodder and things like that it feels like it, it feels but like someone looked turn-based. at cannon fodder or scorched right? earth and looked at lemmings and basically combined those two yeah things i guess that's true because like even lemmings have the thing where they blow themselves up when they die like there's just a lot of weird little hallmarks in there and like the sort of small innocuous character that has this obscene weird power for affecting the world yeah um Oh, worms. Yeah, it, it feels like anything else that is like this is a strategy game. Whereas, mm-hmm. I mean, Worms kind of is, but each, when you're in control of that one character, it's basically real-time bad platforming. Sure. So it's like, it's like yeah. it is kind of turn-based tactical, I guess, like, except that it has gravity like a platformer. It's, yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange game. It's the Pikmin 2 of games. <laughs> well, The Pikmin 2 mean- and the Far Cry 2. That yeah. was an incredibly long answer. We should probably wrap it up. <laughs> I'm glad that I got to call Worms Armageddon the Far Cry 2 of Worms. I know. You're, it's not wrong. And the Pikmin 2. It's, I thought the Pikmin 2. No. It's, it's, I mean, Pikmin 2 is great. Yeah. It shouldn't, I mean, I shouldn't bring Pikmin 2 to the equation. But keep the episode <laughs> running as long as possible. Yeah. <laughs> if Sean was here, he would have suffered three heart attacks. <laughs> probably. And that's okay. We are launching a new podcast. Oh, yeah. We mentioned it briefly during the ad break. Um... Chris and I have been talking about doing this for a little while, and then we sort of got kicked in the butt um, by recent news events, but we were doing a Twin Peaks rewatch podcast called Twin Peaks Rewatch, um, yeah. where once a week we're going to watch we're going to watch an episode of Twin Peaks, and then on the podcast we're going to just talk about that episode um, between the two of us and anything that readers write in. 
hopefully, or we can maybe get some guests on at some point. But the intent is to do the entire main run of the show, also to do the movie Firewalk with me, and then yeah. also maybe some of the weird stuff like the European pilot and some of the deleted scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our plan is, yeah, as Jake said, one of these a week, which means you should, if you want to follow along this, uh, follow along with us, um, you should watch. The next episode, then listen to our pod. You know, watch whatever the next episode is, then listen to our podcast about it, um, because we will be discussing, you know, the plot events of that episode. Yep. Our intention, we've already gotten a bunch of people, once we sort of did a soft announcement of this on Twitter, a bunch of people asked, will this be suitable if I've never watched Twin Peaks before? Um, the answer is yes, we're going we're gonna to try and make that work. And the way we think we're going to do that is we're going to um, just front load all of the discussion that is totally safe. Like current episode and looking backwards. Exactly. And then we'll have a break. And then if there's anything that we want to talk about that we think contains spoilers of future episodes or something to that effect, then it'll come after the break. There might be some episodes where that doesn't happen. I don't know. Yep. Probably some of just like the mid episodes where things are just chugging along. Yep. Maybe that won't occur. But we will try to be very clear about when it is no longer safe to keep listening if you've never watched right. the whole series before you're so in it entirely for sort of the surprise of the mystery and, exactly you know that's... and some people probably will not care and they'll just listen to the whole thing anyway that's fine also um you can go to idlethumbs.net slash twin peaks um there is currently just a placeholder episode up that we did just so that we could get get on itunes and, and all that yep. stuff within the next few days hopefully definitely within the next week we should have episode one up you can follow us on twitter at uh peaks rewatch um, yep. we're on facebook at facebook.com slash twin peaks rewatch um and if you watch the u.s pilot not the european pilot but the u.s pilot the just original main pilot of the show um that's what we're talking about on the first that'll episode. be the first episode so there's you, there's a like zeroth episode up right now which is just which is about say, nothing this yeah. exact yeah. same information yeah um but yeah if you want to watch the pilot episode before our first episode you should do that um you can send us comments or questions about it following your viewing to uh idle to i'm sorry twin peaks at idlethumbs.net and that will end this very long plug yep plug also actually like we said in the ad break if you want to watch twin peaks and don't want to go get the blu-rays which are excellent looking it is on a bunch of streaming services i believe including including netflix and uh hulu mm-hmm. yes true uh and finally this episode is brought to you by nature box a delicious snack subscription service that we Enjoy heartily, I would say. These are hearty snacks in many cases. Um, if you go They're to hearty delicacies. Yes. If, if you go to naturebox.com slash thumbs, you can get a sample pack of five different nature snacks. Which you nature can Box eat while watching a future episode of Twin Peaks. Oh, that's perfect. And listening to the Twin Peaks rewatch. Which is our pod, the, you know, this podcast that we're going to make. <laughs> wow, wow. Wow, wow. Good. I miss Caco Demons. I miss the Caco Demon. <laughs> I have a, I don't have it, actually. That's a false a lie. You don't have a it? Straight up lie. You don't... We have a bunch plushy caco demons okay. at the Polygon office. I was so confused because you're like, I don't have it. Like no one was no one was questioning whether you had one. Whether you have caco demon. I've contracted. They're in caco my bed. <laughs> I miss caco demons. I don't have it. Do you have it? That's the like sexual awareness like right. protection. Do you have a caco demon? Like, Jesus. Yeah. Use protection against caco demons. You know, just clinical. 
Cagademon. <laughs> <laughs> don't get the Cagademon, yeah, friends. Yeah, don't get the cack. Oh no! <laughs> Toast them. <laughs> Toast them. Oh. Even without Sean here, we say toast them. 